Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter. What is up, Vincent? How you doing, man? Ethan, man, you beat me. I did. I did. You... And I don't know why. Oh, yes, I did with the chess piece. <laughs> not to, it's not like you beat me up or anything. You just no, beat, right. me to, you beat me to Emmett's, um, to Emmett's chess pieces. Um, yeah, that was... Okay, first of all, your chess piece is freaking awesome. I was, love it, I love what you did. I love that it was leather wrapped. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I was like, but I, and I didn't want to just make something out of leather. I don't know. So, yeah, but I, you know, I had to add a little leather somehow. So, you know, I wanted, you know what? I, one of my ideas, one of my ideas for mine before I settled on turning polymer clay in a Which drill, is awesome. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> which which I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get what, uh, I think you said it on, on, in a comment or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. that you got the idea from me. And I was like, oh, and I got to remember to ask him what he means. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Ethan, for those of you for those of you that um, don't know, Ethan a while ago made a um, a burnishing pendant, and he did it with brass and his drill and a Dremel. And I was like, "That is genius! I'm going to do that like a one mini day." Mini lathe, basically. <laughs> basically, and it worked exactly the same way. I mean, I had more trouble getting the stupid clay to harden, which <laughs> Emily slash Tomatota explained to me why I had trouble because it's Sculpey three and Sculpey three is trash, but. It's okay. I got a supply of it. I will burn through it and I won't I won't be buying it anymore. But <laughs> it did learn. work. It did work. It it combined everything I love. It's bright and colorful. Yeah. It's made with clay and it's coated with UV resin. Perfect. Yeah. And just to give it a little weight, because clay has no freaking weight whatsoever. There's a there's a threaded rod in the middle, which is how I chucked it into the drill. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just can't wait to see our board. The oh my board. god! And I, I, you know, and Emma, if you're listening, you better put mine right next to Vincent, so we can be pawns <laughs> in the same, or or across from each other, so we can battle. I'm very other. excited. I like the idea. So Jeff, a weird guy, had a really good idea. He said, um, he said he should take a picture at some point of the board with the pieces he's gotten so far, and I'm like, that would be awesome. Yeah. And just it, it, or like a almost like a time lapse of like each piece getting added to the board oh, over time. That would be amazing. Anyways, but, but yeah, for people that don't know, we should probably explain what we're talking you want, about. You want to explain it? Yeah, I mean, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, so uh, Emmett of Dead Rise Wood Crafts, which I messed up in my stories tonight. I said woodworks because um, I'm an <laughs> idiot, but uh, he had an amazing idea. He he does all these amazing things with like charity stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, but he had this amazing idea of, of creating a chessboard. And getting reaching out to all these different makers and having every piece on the chessboard made from a different maker, a unique maker. Uh, and so every piece is going to be super unique and kind of the characteristics of that maker. And mm-hmm. then once he gets all the pieces filled, uh, it, it, once he gets all the pieces, he will uh, put up an auction and auction the whole th- set off and uh, donate all the money to charity, which I think yep. is just a super cool idea. And the the organization to to do something like this it by itself is a you know is crazy and he, the fact that he took it on and he's doing it i mean i think he's got i think he's got commitments for every single piece on the whole chess and board, the board. So. and the board and the board yeah and the board which is crazy and the board so the yeah. charity he picked is proud haven and i'm yep. very i'm a very big fan of this type of charity in fact one of one of my big charity things is I like donating to a place in New York City called Trinity Place Shelter, which is a homeless shelter for LGBT teens. It's one of my go-to charities. I've been donating to them for years, and I've been donating to them through Amazon Smile since they came up with Amazon Smile. I love Amazon. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and I, every once in a while, I get a statement that says, you've donated X hundred dollars to... And I'm like, wait, through, what? Through the Amazon like, Smiles? Yeah. 
yeah. by doing nothing, by yeah, basically right. doing nothing. Um, if any of you aren't using Amazon Smile and you'd like a charity, let me know. I'll give you the information and yeah, we'll get you donating to my charity because I'm totally greedy. But anyway, um, it literally all it does is you just have to sign into that's Amazon it. with through that link and then you're there. But did so. you see what they did? They just changed the app now. So now on the app, you could say, I want all my purchases to be through Smile. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, now it's on the app too. So if you buy through the app and... It just puts it through Smile now, which is great because I I almost exclusively shop on Amazon through the app now. So. Oh yeah, no, totally, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, this is the check. It's a really cool idea. It, it, you, we might we might need to have Emmett come on and, and explain it. Yeah, because that we would be because he's like I said, he's done a ton of these things. I think it's a super amazing idea, and it's a it combines the community aspect with charity. I mean, mm -hmm. what's better than that? So yeah, um, well, well done. Proud Haven does basically the same thing that Trinity Place does. They are at Proud Haven yep. on Instagram. Um, he has the links in the posts about the pieces. I think what we'll do is make, we'll have Emmett on right around the time that he's ready to start yeah. the auction. Uh, he's doing an I'm auction, right? It's not a raffle. It's an auction, I think. Yeah, I think, I yeah, right? It's an auction. I hope I don't it's know, an auction. I well, hate to think somebody got this for five it. bucks. <laughs> 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 that would really piss me off, actually. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, it took a long time to make that stupid piece. Don't tell me you get rid of it for five bucks. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah it's it's absolutely it's an absolutely fantastic idea. As soon as he brought it up to me, I was like, "Yeah, I'm in." What? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, it was one of those instant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, count me in. And I had no idea what I was going to do. So but. I always worry about shit like this because I'm one of those guys that my stuff gets there last. Like, if the due date is August 30th, it gets there on the 29th at 7 p.m. Oh, you're you're early on this I one, am man. Way early on this <laughs> one. Like, I was. You know what it is? I'm going to tell you what it is. And I love the idea so much. I was just genuinely excited to be working on it because it was something I've wanted to try for a while and inspired by you, as I said. And it was like, you know what? This is my chance to do it. It's an right. excuse to try something new. And hey, it goes to a good cause. And it came out. It wasn't exactly what I had in mind, but I was like, you know what? It kind of works. Like it's well, a little bit. Me. Yeah. It's artistic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's artistic. That's what we call things when we don't make them quite to what we won't imagine them looking like. No, it's, or like Steve Ramsey always says, like, it's rustic. <laughs> and, unless, unless you are truly artistic, like... Ooh. Look at that segue. Like, look Vincent. at that. Like somebody we like somebody we might actually have on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. So I am I mean, I don't know if you guys know this. This might come as a surprise to you. This it might be a complete surprise, but you ready? I really like Jason Stapleton. I know. I know. I've Wait, only mentioned him on like every show since the <laughs> beginning. Um and I've met a lot of really cool people through Jason's show. And one of the really cool people I met happens to be an artist who has quite a history of making stuff and didn't even know we makers existed up until he started listening to this and, very and I show. I had no idea that you guys, that's how you guys can met until right oh, before yeah. the show. So. Yeah, we are, uh, we are, we are Stapleton acolytes, as I like, I like to call I like it. it. So what, the cult of Stapleton. <laughs> <laughs> so this week we have my good friend, one of the few people who I haven't met in real life, but actually does have my real deal phone number. And we've spoken on the phone many a time. My good friend and fan of the show, Ken Madden. What's going on, buddy? Hey, well, well, thanks for having me on. This is fantastic. You know, like you guys said, hey, I never knew that makers were a thing until I heard started listening to you guys, and then I'm like, wow, this is this is the coolest thing. Through COVID, all right. So let me tell you a quick story to get things sure. rolling. Yeah, for sure. Through COVID, um, let's see, everything shut down in March, right? So mm -hmm. it was like it was like St. Patrick's Day. We we said at work, we're like, well, let's um let's all work from home for the next two weeks, and I'm like, it's gonna be months. <laughs> so 
I set up uh, what I do. I, we have a motorcycle parts company that design parts. And, and a lot of what I've done recently, because we're small, is photography. So I'm like, well, I'll set up a, a photo studio in my house, and then I'll have to ride my a motorcycle around a lot and take pictures. I can do that for a few months. Sure. So I'm in the garage and, you know, you know, you guys do your, your own photography and stuff. It, it always takes longer than you think. So I need something to keep my mind going while I'm just setting up lighting and trying to shoot shiny stuff like a motorcycle. In we have a real studio at work. So I've, I've got like a sweep over there and there's white walls and there's flashes and this stuff. I'm in my garage, which is a shop that I'm building cars and painting stuff. So it's just a disaster. So I'm like trying to hang sheets on the wall so that the reflections don't, you know, and I'm like, this is like, I want to get two shots. It takes me like four hours. So I started listening to your show and I ended up starting to like binge. I I, I came in, I can't remember if it was episode 25 or 30 or something, but I started binge listening to it to the point where I got caught up, you know? So by, by like, (laughs) by, by the time the, the enlightenment challenge started happening and stuff, I was already caught up with your show. I'm like, oh, I need more. (laughs) it was funny because then i met all these other makers and stuff like that and and i'm like wow this is a really cool community and everyone that i've met they have uh, i'm like i said i I troll anybody that's on your show as a guest i jump on there all their stuff and look at what they're doing and um you know usually well usually every single time i've I've liked them or shared their stuff or asked questions or because everyone does something cool that i want to learn and uh you know, it's uh, through that I've I've had a lot of growth on my end, too. And it was really something that had been lagging in my Instagram world anyway for a long time. And I never really understood why. But it was just I wasn't communicating with the people that I really have an interest in looking what they're doing and, and finding out all these new processes. And through the uh, the challenge that we did last year with the lamp, the Enlighten Us Challenge, it really um, it really came to fruition because I'm, now I'm, I'm watching a hashtag that's involved with you guys, the show all these other makers that are making this incredible stuff, you know, and I hacked together this metal lamp and welded it up in a day. You know? <laughs> like, Don't tell people that. Oh no. I, <laughs> no, I, I love the story. I love the story of that lamp though. Yeah. No, I, me I love too. the story of that lamp. I love how you basically, if I remember correctly and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you basically had it mostly done. And the night it was due, you were basically sitting at home like furiously putting it together, oh, trying yeah. to get it finished enough that you could take pictures of it for the actual. Um, <laughs> right, right. I, hit the the de- I hit the deadline with like three minutes to spare. I'm like, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened amazing. was I had planned and, you know, uh, I don't procrastinate or anything. I know you guys never do that either. No, no totally um, not. Yeah, it's no. Not, we're all, you know. So what happened was the like the week before it was due, um, our company, we were out at Sturgis. We, we have a big show trailer and stuff. We go out there, we have a full retail store and then we install. It's just huge. And it was like, it was the only thing that happened all year. So I got a phone call saying, can you come out here? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I can come out. So it's a week before the challenge is done. So I had laid everything out on the computer. I had this all stick. This was going to be the coolest lamp in the world, you guys. It actually, <laughs> it, it came out really, really cool. I, it I was it. really, really it cool. Totally, but it, by the way. it was, so I, I designed it all in SolidWorks and I was doing like, I did like computer renderings and stuff. I went all techie on it, right? But wanted it to look like kind of an old retro, you know, mid-century space rocket theme thing. Absolutely. And so I, la- I had everything laser cut. I had that all ready to go. And then they're like, hey, can you come out to Sturgis for a week? And I got back like the day before, you know, the <laughs> the day before it was due. And I brought my son out there too. He's 18 and it was cool. He turned 18 in April. So he didn't get to do anything fun for his birthday. He didn't uh. get to graduate high school. He didn't get to go to the prom. All that stuff that got 
you know, that got messed up last year for everything. And but he did get to go to Sturgis for the first time with his dad and worked in the trailer. And that was fun. We drove out. We got pulled over by the police on the way home because my (laughs) windows were tinted too dark in my Lincoln. You know, (laughs) for those, that's a whole, this, we could have a whole show just about the car you drive, by the way. Your car, I mean, okay, just, you know, I've said it before. And just for those of you that don't know, I grew up in Brooklyn in an Italian neighborhood. So, you know, can your car. It has connotations. <laughs> well, let's just say one of the other guys at work had one too. He had a silver one though, so because mm-hmm. he wasn't as high up in the in the in the family. And uh, mine's black, my black town car. And our warehouse is out in the woods. It's really cool. It's like you drive down this half mile dirt road, and then this opens up this big warehouse. And it's and um, there's a gate there. And so we were meeting up there by the gate, and one of us had the opener for the gate, and the rest of us didn't. So. Um, the guy that was sitting there waiting for us to come in, he's sitting there in his pickup truck and enrolled the two Lincolns. He goes, I thought I was going to get whacked. <laughs> so now we're just going to go have a sit down here. Let me tell you something here. We got your some. Car, I've seen in comments, people have offered to buy your car. Like I've, on many occasions, like many in your comments, like either on your Instagram or in your YouTube, I've seen comments where people are like, is it for sale? Is it for sale? It, it gets crazier than that. There's a guy that I, I pull into work one day and he comes in and he's, it, you know, a beautiful three-piece suit and his hair slicked back. He's a real estate agent <laughs> in the local area. And he's That's like, what he calls it. He's a real estate agent. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Real, real estate real agent. Estate. Wink, wink. Wink, nudge. <laughs> but anyway, he's like, I want to buy your car. And I'm like, oh, I'm not for sale. I mean, to be brief with the story of it, my dad bought it new in 1997. It's a black 1997 town car, the last year, that really cool old school body style. Mm-hmm. And I told him when he bought it, I'm like, oh, dad, when you ever get rid of that car, let me know and I'll buy it from you. I don't care what it costs, whatever. I'll figure it out. And in 2015, you know, my dad's 90 now. He's still going. So in 2015, he decided to replace it. He's like, you still want the old Lincoln? I'll send it to you. I'm like, all right. Of course. <laughs> you know? Right. And I, I, I was excited about it because it was an Arizona car. And you guys are in the salt belt, too. I mean, everything mm-hmm. rots out. Mm-hmm. And especially those old old cars like that, they were, there's nothing left of them. And this one come up and it's perfect. Like even the wheels where the, where, you know, they're powder coated, you know, aluminum wheels. And usually it's all pitted and nasty from the salt and the crap. And these are like, they just came off the showroom. So I don't even drive it in the rain if I don't have to. I'm that guy. <laughs> it sits in the, it's in, it sits in the garage all winter. But anyway, it's I beautiful. never realized like what you were just saying that it has connotations. Everywhere I go, I can't go to a gas station without people looking at me. I can go. And the other thing I found out is I can drive anywhere wrong way down a one-way street in through a crowd i just pull up because the windows are tinted they're not super dark you can still kind of see in so I, I found that if i roll up slow when people start looking at me if i crack the back window about an inch everyone starts to look in and i drive by and no one stops you so i mean i, I go vip parking i go everywhere anywhere you go i just sometimes i'll just get out and leave it and run in and just go do what i gotta do and come back and open it up and people huh. realize, it's like having a cop car that the people think it's still a cop car, but it's not. And then they realize it's not. And they're like, oh, man, could have gone fast. <laughs> How many miles is on it? Hundred Just about to turn 150. Wow. So it, it's actually, it looks, but to your point, it looks pristine. It's immaculate. Yeah. It, it is. The first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, how old is this picture? I was like, oh, no, he took this like yesterday. Oh, right. all right, cool. <laughs> I drive everywhere. I take it to car shows. I do all kinds of stuff with it. And then awesome. I got a, a, that's, that's the summer Lincoln. And the, for the winter time, I bought a beater one because there's, I mean, they're, the things run forever. You, mm-hmm. you, Vince, you got, you're in New York, you know, the cabs, the old, mm-hmm. the Crown Vic cabs and stuff and the yep. town cars, they, they just went, you know, 500,000 miles. So I'm like, I'll find yep. another one. 
They beat the hell out of those cars. The, 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 oh, wait, just hammer. It's them. really funny because the town cars in the Continental that was the the black cars in the neighborhood. That was the um that was the TLC cars. The what you what people in other cities would call the private cab companies, but mm-hmm. we call them we just call them black cars, right? And because they were always black for some reason, either black or dark blue. Yep. And it was town cars and Continentals and just tons of them. Like at any given moment, I worked in I worked in Long Island City, which is right where. It's basically Long Island City, New York is essentially the hub of the taxi business in New York. It's Long Island City and Astoria, which are right next to each other. And that's where all the cab businesses are in the city. They're all there. There's none anywhere else. And I would just see black car after black car after black car after black. Like at at rush hour, it would just be in front of the street in front of our building. It would just be a parade of black cars. It looked like a car show going by every single night because that was they were all going to get their own personal cars, which were similar to the yellow ones they were driving. Right. <laughs> right. I, I love that it's still, I mean, that it's still the ta- that's still like a car service. If you call a car service, you're going to get a black Lincoln, you know? Yep. I yep. love that. Uh, I mean, I, uh, because of weather and stuff like that, I actually got that when the last time I got a car service was probably <laughs> one of the last times I traveled, actually, was to WorkbenchCon, and I got it, and it was, they're still so comfortable. Oh, they're so I don't comfortable. know what it oh, they're is. great. It's just they, like they do it, something with those seats that nobody else is doing yeah. and they're not telling anyone what they're doing because the seats just they got that nice soft cushion. Absolutely. And they're, they're still supportive. They're not mushy, right. but right. they're soft and you yeah. just sit. In they're them soft just, and they're and it's a couch. It's, and, it's, and you, it's, it's literally a, a couch. couch on wheels. <laughs> yeah. And no matter who you are and even if like I'm not someone that, you know, revels in, in luxury. But there, you feel like a big deal when you're in one. You <laughs> really do. Oh, you totally you really oh, do. Oh, you do. Ethan, it's, it, believe me, like, I feel cooler on that than when I'm driving one of our really neat Harleys at work. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's no, not totally. as cool right. as the link. And mm-hmm. the thing is, no one realizes that they're, they're cheap. I mean, my winter, I've got a white 2001. I bought it for 1900 bucks. You oh, know? my gosh. Oh, and it's geez. in de- decent condition. It's not as nice, but it's in decent condition. I'm like, well, well yeah, if I have a car payment in the winter to ruin it. I'm going right. to drive this old beater. Yeah. <laughs> and that's you know, amazing. The winter car and out in the Midwest. So I'm in, I'm just outside of Minneapolis, just North. And you know, you can still get cheap winter beater cars and you know, they salt the road so bad. Out oh here. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's in Boston. You get the potholes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they do that out here too a bit, but it doesn't, you have the more of the, where it gets hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold. Right. Just right. right. Freezing so point, just, yeah. It just destroys them. I and mean, it just yep. like dragging through a bomb shelter. But out here, they just salt and salt and salt, and it just eats away. the. I mean, you see these cars, trucks that are five years old that have holes in the quarter panels already, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, for me, for me, it's just rocks. My brand new terrain just got blasted by a rock, and there's a huge dent in the side yeah. of it already. Oh. It's got, it, it doesn't even have 1,500 miles on it yet. Ah, it's and the it's, worst. It's a yeah. dent in the side, and it's through the paint, which means I got to get it fixed because otherwise that's going to just right. be a... Right, caved right. in hole in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks so <laughs> yeah so ethan has salt we have i have rocks and you have salt. No, i have potholes i have potholes we he have, has salt yeah. yeah you have you also have those cow path roads in the like in boston where yeah. the road is like yeah, like just... ken couldn't drive his car down those <laughs> roads right, right. It. yeah they, they would swallow it and then we get the cold out here too the frigid 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 cold 
and that you know all the weird stuff that breaks when you go to switch a knob or something on your, on your <laughs> dashboard and it's 25 <laughs> below and it just breaks into brittle pieces you know and it's just like oh it's like in yep. the terminator when he iced the iced the, the melting guy <laughs> and then hit him and then hit him with a shotgun and it comes apart yeah that's like what your buttons on your dashboard do. oh gosh or so, if you lean against your bumper <laughs> so you do you you just a couple of days ago you uploaded um, a YouTube video. You're growing your YouTube channel. That's what we'll say you're doing. You're growing your YouTube channel. And but your Instagram's been your Instagram's always been pretty active around the same kind of content. You are an actual, like a, a real, actual, real paid professional artist. Yeah, yeah, you which could is say that. Kind of crazy. <laughs> like we've I've, we've we've had artists on here. I mean, you're not the first artist, but you're the first one that does what you do. Um, yeah, the maker, th- the maker thing, part of it, that's what it's like, you know, I always look at that as art. Right? So the maker mm-hmm. thing, people call them makers. I'm like, you're an artist. You're that's, mm-hmm. that's what you're doing. I like the maker version of it though. So I went to, um, like grew up in Boston and I came out here to Minneapolis to go to college. Actually I went to Minneapolis college of art and design. I wanted to go in for illustration so I could do drawings of, you know, like Norman Rockwell stuff and, and just all these you know, illustrators, I, I thought was really cool. And I'm like, I could just draw for a living. What kind of an awesome what? life yeah. would that How be? How awesome would that be? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do that or play drums. I had to figure out, do I want to be a drummer or do I want to be an artist? And it really just came down to, I can have cooler cars if I don't have to haul drums. <laughs> it, it was that shallow. It was that shallow of a decision for me. That's amazing though. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so I went to school and, and I'm in there and I'm, you know, I came out cold and, and never came and visited or checked it out. They're just like, yeah, we'll accept you. And, and all right, well, you'll take my money. Let's go. <laughs> and I moved out to Minneapolis with my mom and she, you know, just here for a couple of days and went back home and I'm like, oh crap, now what do I do? This is weird. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it was only an art school. It wasn't like a college that has an art program or anything else. It's only art school. And it mm-hmm. was actually about a hundred years old back then, 1880s. Cool place. But um, when I was there and I met my friends, you know, and they were in the industrial design program. And I, I didn't know what industrial design was. I never heard of it or product design. I never even thought about it. Most people don't. You just use stuff. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, oh, wait, they get to make stuff too. So they draw it and then they get to make and it. Make it. <laughs> you know, and I'm in these, I'm taking life drawing classes and stuff like that because I'm terrible. I still am. I'm not great at doing um, the human form. You know, I can do it, but I'm much better at doing shiny chrome stuff. And so I, I thought I better take some art classes, you know, to kind of get my skills up and, and, um, some of the sculptors in there that I, that were in there would blow my mind. I was like, wow, these guys are really good. So much better than I am, which just gets me excited. You know, I just, I'm like, well, these people are, I, I always like to be around people that are way better than I am so I can learn from oh, them. Oh yeah. What, what's that saying? You, you, you want to be, you want to be in the room with people that are better than you or whatever. Right. Oh right. yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've never been happy with a single piece I've ever done. I've got to the point where I'm content with it, but I right. always want, I want the next one to be better. I want the next one to be better. Content, but not satisfied. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I saw these guys all making models and stuff and I built model cars. I mean, I had hundreds of model cars, plastic model cars, cause I'm a ridiculous car guy. I mean, it's like a disease. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's hard to, <laughs> hard to believe, but, um, you know, and they were making stuff from scratch in the shop we had. So this was, this was the thing is, you know, when I was in high school, Freshman year, I took wood and metal and electricity and all those classes. My sophomore year, they took all that out of the school. They just stopped. So this is like 1983. They just stopped all those programs. And that was the beginning of the end for, you know, a lot of schools where they just stopped mm-hmm. teaching wood shop. And yeah. I loved it. I mean, I was like, I couldn't wait to get to school. And as soon as that was gone, I'm like, well, 
least I can still play the drums and draw, you know? <laughs> we didn't have it at all when I was, and it was like, and I wanted, I mean, I, t- I, w- I took uh, adult education classes in high school because I wanted to learn how to work on cars because I didn't have that in high school. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah we didn't have that at all in high school. Right. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of just pursued the art and music thing. But when I got to, to school and saw what people are doing and they're making these things, I'm like, this is really neat. And I took, I switched majors from, from illustration to, um, uh, product design and I minored in photography, which I really, really enjoyed. That's a story for later. Cause I was all 35 millimeter days developing your old black and white film. I love school. it. Yeah. But the school had a shop that had a forge, a foundry. We had a full spray booth. We had like mortising machines, which I had never, uh, th- that was magic to me, a mortising machine <laughs> to drill square holes in wood. I'm like, yep. you got to be kidding me. In welding, we had full welding stations, acetylene, oxyacetylene welding. So I learned to weld there. And, you know, because I'm, I'm me, the, what do I, they're like, oh, here, here's how the, here's how it works. Here's how the, you know, you, you turn the acetylene, turn on the oxygen. I'm like, okay, I, I got it. And um, they had, you know, here's scrap metal over here. You can just take that and weld it together to get a feel for how to run a bead and do all that. And so I grabbed this, like a whole bunch of like eight foot long polished stainless steel rods that they were there. They're like a half inch rod polished stainless. I mean, the hardest thing you can possibly weld. You know, I was going to say, isn't stainless yeah, right. steel like impossibly difficult <laughs> yeah. to I weld? I don't know anything about welding, but I think I know that that's hard. Right? <laughs> yeah. and then, you know, so, I mean, just clamp. And I thought, hey, it would be cool. I wanted to make like a four foot pyramid out of this stuff. So I, I made this four foot pyramid with like this spider web work in the middle of it all. And it was funny because you could just watch the welds from when I started till I ended. I mean, the ones that in the beginning would just fall apart when you moved it and by the ones <laughs> on the end with this, this huge clump like having a ball on there but <laughs> doing that i got the feel of it and finally someone I mean, it was one I, no one came over and asked me questions they must have thought i knew what i was doing or something but because I, I didn't i was just going after it you know i'm just getting in the reps that's all I'm, you got to do you get right, in the reps. Right. and <laughs> finally the, hours. Yep. yeah the welding teacher comes over and was like what the hell are you building i'm like i'm just <laughs> making a pyramid man that just seems like oh this is how you do it and then he showed me how to weld and i'm like wow <laughs> So I'm like, you just jumped in and did it though. Says, yeah, by the way, here's how you do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Ethan, that's, that's, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a risk taker, but um, when there's some new thing to try, oh, I just yeah. jump, I just jump in with both feet. I mean, I, yep. one of my cars, when I decided, Hey, I had a 71 Cutlass. I'm like, dude, be cool. Is if I put 57 Chevy quarter panels on it, but not the wing part on the top, just the really cool swoopy fender opening mm. where the wheel is. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I've never done that before. So I, um, yeah, I, I cut the fend- I cut the thing off my car and I welded on a new one and it was horrible, but you did it. Yeah. <laughs> Warped all the hell and stuff, but I, I did al- it. But I always ask car guys the same question. I have a feeling I know your answer, but I always love to ask car guys this question because I, ca- I know my answer and I don't even need to think about it. <laughs> if you had to pick a, let's go with five to seven year window for when the best cars ever were made. Ooh. Where would you put that? If you that's had a, to, that's if a you tough had question, to. Vincent. Oh, because I have the answer for me is so I've asked this question and almost every time I fall right in the range where people come. So I'm kind of curious to see where you hmm. are on this. The best era of cars, as far as just, um, style in the beginning. Yeah, are we talking <laughs> aesthetics or like Whatever performance? Car, okay. Well, I, I, I can get it. I, I, I got you. I, I, I can tell you because this one, this one actually is something that's people ask me, what's your favorite car? And that's easy. That's an easy question for me. Okay. And this would answer your question too. The mid thirties depression era um, had the best cars and not like just the Ford and stuff like that. Those were okay. But Duesenberg's, Bugatti's, 
um, Ducatis, Del- yeah, wow. um, but Duesenberg's my favorite car. It was the fastest car in the world. In 1934, you could buy a Duesenberg. Clark Gable had one, a model SSJ, had a straight eight-cylinder in it, like 400 cubic inches or something, with a supercharger on it, made 400 horsepower, and would go like 145 miles an hour in a Duesenberg. <laughs> I mean, oh, th- those yeah, are real right. I knew exactly so what these were. Terrifying. I didn't, I completely forgot. Yeah, they're the ones that have the, like, the ho- like the hose is coming out of yeah, the... Yeah, the hose, the four hoses mm-hmm. are coming out of the yes. side. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. And wow. there's no two alike, because when you bought the car, it was like for $5,000, you'd buy, you'd get a chassis with fenders and a hood and a grill. And then <laughs> each body was, was custom coach built. And almost all of those cars have survived. So you, they're still still running and driving. And they were, when you say what's the best era of cars, those are the best cars in the best era. My the, favorite era is mm-hmm. the is the mid 60s to about 71, yeah. 72. Right, boy. This yeah, is my boy. That, I, I think that's got to be right. <laughs> my boy. Well, we uh, went through, here, here's why. Because we went through the design, um, you know, after World War II of, everything started to look like an airplane or a rocket ship mm-hmm. in the fifties. And it went, it got crazier and crazier and more and more Baroque, which I absolutely love. I mean, each company retooled their whole cars every single year. That's right. craziness. But in the sixties, by the mid century, the design aesthetic had, had calmed down to reasonable. <laughs> it, <laughs> but at the same time, the, tech, the technology of the cars had come up to where, you know, a, a 60, a 65 or 66 Bonneville is a modern car. Mm-hmm, right. You know, it's as modern of a car as a new car is. They're not, you know, it, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles, but the basic frame and bones of it are all there. And yeah, right. it has the style. And then it was long because it needed to be long. It wasn't long because, you know, there had to be rooms for a third seat or something. No, the, the trunk just fit four people in it. <laughs> right. It was just long because it had to be long. It just looked better long. It looked better long. Aesthetically, it was a better long car than a short car. And, and the other thing, getting back to the artwork kind of thing, and this is part of my, in, in the lexicon of stuff in my brain, is the artwork of the cars in the 60s from the ads, where these, like Pontiac especially, had the guy's name was Art. Oh, I can't remember his last name. Anyway, he, he was, um, John DeLorean said to the Pontiac division when he was in charge of Pontiac in, in the beginning of the 60s, any ad that involves a Pontiac, this guy does the painting of. We're not doing pictures. Oh, and yeah. Art Fitzpatrick. Art Fitzpatrick. Yes. There yes. it is. Okay. There it is. Yep. And and then he had a friend of his. And again, if you're on there, <laughs> see if we can get this buddy. Because his buddy used to work at Disney in the 30s and 40s and then worked with him at Mercury in the 50s. Went Van with Kaufman, him. that guy? It, yeah. And he would okay. do the backgrounds. So one mm-hmm. guy would draw the car and the other guy would do the backgrounds on all but, these all oh my, these drawings in the 60s and then you start to see it and you're like oh there's two signatures on each one of these things now it all stays, starts to make sense i just thought a guy had four letters in his word that he spelled funny and here <laughs> and and i could be completely wrong about this but i think there's something like lacking in guitar uh, guitar car design now because of photography because i think part oh, yeah. of part of right. what in computers sold cars then was it was like an art piece and it's mm-hmm. what you're doing, Ken, like, right. What is this type of stuff that you're doing, but you wanted that backdrop. You're selling a whole, a whole feeling, a whole, whatever. You, you nailed it. You nailed it. When I'm doing a drawing like this, it's a moment in time that I'm creating. Right. I'm not doing a drawing of your car. I'm creating like this Porsche that I'm working on right now. It's a 1969, nine And I, the color just drew me in at this car show. I got talking to the gentleman that owns it. And, um, you know, we got talking like we are here just about the color and how does this come with it? Were the wheels that color? Did you do that? And, and just the art of it and the things that he changed to make it his and, and that kind of stuff. 
and that was this card. This, so this drawing is a moment in time that's captured. And I like to have that feel of those old advertisements, without, right. like copying them or anything like that. But just to kind of have that same kind of mid-century Mad Men ad feel to them. I just really, I, I like that. And it's been pretty successful. I, I, I worked well, my way through school drawing cars like that. And because then you I don't, you don't have the, you don't have all those ads driving across like the bridge in Boston, right? You don't have those right. or, or driving up the coast um, for, in Vancouver up to Whistler. Like you don't have all those cheesy commercials that are selling the experience. You're, it was a print, right? It was a, hmm. the, the, the a good picture point. had to, it had to both, evoke, it had, to, yeah, it had evoke. to evoke both. It had to evoke the experience of the car and the situation, right? Yeah. What exactly. I love about your style, and we've talked about this, we've talked about this in the past, but one of the things that's distinctive about your style of illustration when you do your car stuff is you don't work on white paper, which I noticed pretty right. much immediately. And it's funny because oh, the I paper, know, yeah, I didn't notice that. I didn't the catch paper that. you work on reminds me of the stuff that like court artists oh, use. Oh, wow! And yeah. It was the first thing that popped into my mind when I was like, "Wow, he doesn't." Because normally at work, you know, people work on white, and they. Right. And when I asked it's you why paper. you didn't, yeah, <laughs> when you when I asked you why you didn't work on white paper, your answer was so I can draw white, right. and it started mm. to make sense because I can't imagine drawing chrome if you, you know, you can't put if you're working with white paper can't really put chrome under anything it has to be the top layer and there's if you stuff want it underneath. to pop is so yeah. this is this is why i always like doing so something on a little bit a little bit lighter I, and i use a uh, cans and it's actually like um illustration board like you'd use like mat board mm-hmm. um and i i do it on that because it soaks the marker these are all done with prismacolor markers and colored pencil and um it soaks it in really nice and i got my own little trick for because i've been airbrusher but i'm a lazy airbrusher and i don't want to mask <laughs> anything i figured out a way to make pencils look like an airbrush oh the app so, uh, lighter I, I was watching one of your videos what yeah. I, I can't remember what it was it was some kind of like alcohol something L- rosignol lighter fluid like if you ever lighter had a zip, yeah, zippo, is, like yeah. a zippo lighter that stuffed the awesome smelling fire yeah oh i love that lighter <laughs> it smells good so i take a roll i always have a roll of toilet paper I, I, you'll see in videos once in a while there's a roll of toilet paper on my desk because that I found that it's soft enough and the fibers are good enough when they when they dissipate they just disappear into it and they like dissolve. So what, how do you like what? So what do you do with it? So you take it and you put it on put, toilet paper. Well, I, I put so I'll, I'll put some pencil down. Like I don't know um, if I want to just do a base. I'll just do one color. If I put four or five colors down and blend them together a little bit, but I'm not pushing down real hard to like ingrain them into the page. But then I'll take uh, just a little like one one square of toilet paper, fold it up till it's small, about the size of the end of your thumb. And I use that as a as a as a brush. So I put the the lighter fluid on that. My my art is very flammable, and <laughs> and, uh, it, and, I, and it blends it out, you know. And, huh. and if I put a lot on it, I can like almost wipe it all off for just a really nice wash. Or if I just put a little bit on it, I can blend, and I can go back into other colors. And then I've got so by the end of a drawing, I've got like ten little ripped up squares of toilet paper with different colors on them that I use for you know blending different things. But it gives it it it's that 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 you know, every artist, you kind of find that one thing that gives your right. Look, it, it gives you a look. It gives you something different that that that's how you do it. Your ability to draw chrome is just ridiculous. I, know, I, can't, I, I oh, still can't. I don't get it. I really don't. And in your in your oh, most yeah. recent video, the half moon hubcaps on the on the beetle. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah, just not good. All all Beth kept saying the whole time was, mm-hmm. "You know, what my favorite part of that picture is." I was like, "Oh yeah, I know exactly," because it's my favorite part too. She goes, "Yeah, the the chrome is ridiculous." Like. I, I, I know that obviously there's a technique and there's just practice and experience, but like, I don't even, 
I, the way you manage to capture the form of the hubcaps and the reflections as they would be in uh, how well, do you and have then, that? And then on the on the mirror too, Vincent? Yeah, like yeah. It's, you you capture yeah. so someone like me who's not really like I don't consider myself an well, I don't do this kind of art. I'm gonna go with what right. you're saying. I am an artist, just not you this are kind definitely of artist. An artist. Both of you. Um how does does is this just a, an encyclopedia in your mind of things that you've made and just a lot of practice and technique or part ways like, part ways I, where does this come from it's freaking magical oh, how, and how much of it is like planned like how much of it is planned out versus as you're doing it you, is it like muscle memory like I, that's what i just don't understand because part I of it can't is that's funny you mentioned yeah. that muscle memory part of it is muscle mem- memory mm-hmm. but like on that volkswagen you're talking about it's that purple beetle um, the chrome on that was really, I went, I really put a lot of time of um, putting the contrast in the chrome and really getting the colors that you would get. And I, I struggled for a long time trying to figure out how to do chrome when I realized, you know, because I always try to use silver or grays or stuff like that. And then until it hit me, I'm like, all it is is a mirror. So, you know, if I'm looking at a mirror, like the hubcap, if I'm looking at that hubcap, there's a mirror of the sky and a mirror of the ground. And in the middle of the mirror, there's a dark line. So, that dark line needs to follow the form of whatever it is. Right. So mm-hmm. like, and it has to follow the center or, or go up on the edges or whatever and any other lines in the top. But the other thing it does is it goes against everything they te- teach you in art school or drawing classes or anything about shading goes right out the window when you're doing Chrome because it's completely opposite. <laughs> you know, there's no backlighting. There's no, none of that stuff. It's all it, like the middle of like the, the, the hubcap there, the middle, there's a, there's a real dark s- section of blue. That's mm-hmm. actually way darker than the sky would be and stuff because as things curve around, then the light bends. Wow. It actually messes with your your. And if you look at stuff through a camera, don't look at it with your eye, but look at it through a camera, or to snap a picture on your phone. You look at it, and be, oh, and that makes perfect sense. No wonder you yeah. do it. But if you told yourself to do it like that, it would you'd be like, this isn't right. It doesn't make sense. And then sense. all of a sudden, it is. And so yeah. there's always these little, um, well, I guess you get these little touch points through time where you're like, Oh, I figured that out. Now I know how to do that. Conveying shiny has got to be the most difficult part of what you it, do. Right. I mean, you're it dealing with cars and motorcycles mostly. Um, right. I know there are people that think hair is hard. I, hair is hard. I'm not, but conveying like different textures yeah. are, you know what they are. They are what they are, but conveying shiny to me just, because it's not shiny. That's the thing, right? Cause you know, hair, you can kind of fool your brain into thinking that it's yep. fuzzy or soft or whatever. But like shiny is so difficult because what you're looking at isn't shiny. And I, right. it, it, yeah, it breaks yeah. your brain almost it, looking it, it, at exactly. it. It hurts, it hurts my head looking at this picture <laughs> and being like, because no, it does, because I'm like, I'm looking at it and it looks like it is like a, like a mirror, you know, mm-hmm. like, but, I, but then you say that and I think back and I'm like, that is a one dimensional with color. It's just color. It's yeah, just, just color. Yeah. And I just, I can't, I still don't really get it. <laughs> Well, but, and it, this yeah. is one of the things that, that eventually I want to teach because mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. it, there's it, it, watching. I, I used to teach the marker rendering class when I was in college. Um, after I took it for a couple of years, yeah, I was a TA and then I, I taught it. Um, and this this is markers, and a lot of people don't use this anymore. You know the the markers because there's a lot of digital. You can do it digitally, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'd love to be able to do it digitally. And you know I use Photoshop and Illustrator and. Premiere Pro for video stuff, and I love all that. But it's still when I want to just make a piece of art, I, I want to. I, I don't want to do it on a computer. I have nothing That's against them, but to me, I was just. I gotta just right. get down there and 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 mess with it. 
I'd well, love for it, you to. I'd love for someone like you to get their hands on an iPad with a pe- with pencil and procreate. And I would I love it. to see you do. Yeah. Oh, I wonder I, if I put one of those videos on my thing. There's a video I did in this because I used to use the procreate when I went on when I had to fly somewhere. Oh, okay. And I'd sit there way back, way I don't know somewhere way back in the um a couple of years ago. I put up a video because the procreate is awesome. How they you can go and do the replay. It's pretty insane. It's, I love that. It's program. pretty insane. Do <laughs> what happened? All right, this is lazy and cheap. The the <laughs> iPad I had was it finally just died that mm-hmm. I had Procreate on, and I was like, oh, I got my laptop and I'm still drawing. So I never just I just didn't buy another iPad, and I tried it on my phone. And I'm like, ah, it's too small. Yeah, but I, I had do the like same Procreate. <laughs> and you watch what some people are doing on that, and I'm like, this it is, is really, pretty crazy, really yeah. cool. Oh, I I totally oh. feel like I I I love Procreate. I think it's one of the one of the more fun apps to just it's a great doodling app it's a great because one of the things that they got i think they got really right based on my limited experience is the way they've simulated textures and the different drawing Mm -hmm. mediums i think they do a great job with stuff that has natural textures in the real world like colored pencils use the colored pencils or the gouache which is my favorite it acts like gouache i mean it looks like it yeah it's it's just a fun app and I think it actually has encouraged a lot of people who wouldn't normally, I mean, it did with me, who wouldn't approach drawing at all because it's like, okay, right. I got to get colored pencils. I got to get paper. I got to get a good spot to do it. I got to kind of do, but this is like something you can just kind of pick up and just kind of learn and go with it and do some cool things with. So. You, you bring well, up a good point. You just made me think of something. I think part of what, what getting started in computers is, is you haven't ruined anything if you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. But that's wow. what people think. And, you know, if you're drawing on a piece of paper or something like that, even though it's, you know, it's a piece of paper you took out of your copy machine and it's something goes wrong with a drawing when you're trying to draw it. And I watch a lot of artists really get frustrated with that and just stop or, yeah, oh, that one messed up. I'm like, no, no. All drawing is, is covering up your mistakes until like you're done. working or anything else. Yeah, right? until you're done about not making up. mistakes. It's about how you, how you cover them up or fix them. Right? right, right. And I mean, I could go through every single thing you see on my page and say, this is where this is messed up and this is where <laughs> I messed this part up and this is how I covered it. And I don't have any secrets. You know, I want everyone to be able to do this because why wouldn't you? Yeah. I think I think that's a great, I think the fact that you want to teach how to do this yeah. is, is fantastic because... I, I watched, I watched, I was, um, I was talking about it uh, a couple of weeks ago. I watched a guy who was doing like a corporate, they, he does corporate events. And one of the team building exercises he does is he says he gets in the room and he puts an A-frame easel up on the, up on the thing. And he's holding a big, one of those big chunky markers, right? <laughs> he goes, how many of you think you can draw? And like out of a thousand <clears throat> people, maybe 20 people raise their hand. Right. So he goes, okay, in front of you, in the seat in front of you is a pad and a marker. Let's go. And he guides them through a drawing process. And then when they're done, he goes, okay, show of hands, who thinks they can draw? And sure, it's not everybody, but it's not like a spattering of people. Like there's a lot of people like, oh, wow, I really can do this. And I think a lot of this, Mm -hmm. especially with art, is usually not whether or not you can do it. It's whether or not someone's actually just showed you how to do it. Well, and and this is a horrible example, Vincent, because I really hate these things, but it, that's, I mean, that's the whole like brainchild behind, behind those stupid uh, paint night things. Right. It's, and not, I'm not saying that the things like that come those. out of those, those are, <laughs> I, I, I haven't done what I want to do one. Oh, so they're, they're horrible, but um, I've only done one <laughs> and it was a corporate thing and I did not enjoy it. But to your point, Vincent, though, like I, it came out way better than I ever thought I would have mm-hmm. been able to do. And it's because they were guiding me the whole time. Right. 
Um, I think that's so most was, of it, by yeah. the way. I think that's I think that's what it is, right? If 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 you don't think you can do something, it's probably just because you haven't done it. Well, you probably can, even if you do it poorly. You could. Do, I have I have a painting that I did at one of those at a a sip and paint thing. Yeah, and oh. it's not good. I know no. it's not good, <laughs> right? But I no. love it so much because it's like it's the first time I ever made a painting that, and, that right that actually looked like anything, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it. And I was like, you it, know it's what? Not, and it's not. You know what, Vince? It's not that it's not good. It's not terrible. Right, right, right. It, you know, right. But it's even not, if it, is, you know what though? I'll even do you one better. Even if it is terrible, who the hell cares? Right. That's right. your first. Now do yep. your second. Yep. Now do your third. Well, it, Vincent, it's it's what I say about everything about like making or mm-hmm. anything that we do. Uh, like I, I'm at very like everyone that says they they're not creative or they're not good at making things and stuff like that. I get that hang up. I do. I really do. But a lot of it comes down to confidence of just being able to say. I, you know, I don't know how to do it, but I think I can try. And mm-hmm. I, I think I, you know, I, or having the confidence to to give it a shot or to learn because people, we, we all get in our own way with this kind of stuff, oh, right? hundred percent. And, and I'm a hundred percent guilty of it, even though this is my mantra of anyone can do anything if they, if they try, right. They might not be gr- great at it at first, but they can still do it. Um, yeah. yeah talent, gr- talent is just how fast you get to get, yes. past, your, get yes. past your mind blocks. Yeah. Right, and exactly. you, you got to go back once. I mean, there was, and I, this is another thing that uh, Vincent that you turned me on to back last year was Inktober. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I lost my, I lost my mind <laughs> on that bit. I went off. That was like, I was like, I did nothing. I did no other artwork for like thirty days. I just did this Inktober thing, and I'm like, this is so much fun. Just sitting there, and I said, I'm going to give myself like an hour, hour and a half for each drawing. And I put all of, they're all on my Instagram page mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it was just one after another and, you know, they give you a word for Inktober and then you have to do an illustration of something about that word and with no other things. And so most of mine, of course, were automotive related, you know, like the, the, the word was shoes. So I, I did a, a really cool drawing of a pair of brake shoes sitting mm-hmm. on the table oh, and yeah. kind of crap and, and, um, but it was, you know, going back to that basic of, I'm not this doesn't need to be anything except for illustrate that word, whatever that word right. is. Right. And but it was it, so can, freeing. Ken, that's a perfect example though. Cause I, my own, uh, you know, you know, uh, self-consciousness got in the way and I didn't do it, but it's exactly what I'm saying that people should do. Right. Like, well, right, right. This is interesting. This is interesting <clears throat> because we're talking about, you know, figuring out what you're into and maybe this isn't for you. So for me, Inktober was a, was kind of an eye opener. It's like, yeah, this isn't really for you, right. but it wasn't that it wasn't for me because I was, I was like, okay, maybe it's just the medium. And as soon as I started learning how to use Procreate, Procreate yeah, right, and getting better with Illustrator, <clears throat> it's like, oh, okay, you do like doing this. You just don't like drawing with a pen on sketch paper, right? Like, and and that's the wonderful thing about you know the modern era, we'll call it. You know, if you don't like working, you know, like a lot, there are people who are obsessed about not getting their hands dirty. So, you know, doing oil paint on an actual canvas is probably not for them. <laughs> exactly. But taking a digital, you know, taking like a Wacom tablet and, you know, a copy of, I don't know, Photoshop and just drawing, that might be the thing where it's like, oh, I can totally do this because I don't mind doing this digitally. It's no mess. It's easy. It's approachable. You know, and you can, you can rate, you know, you can backtrack your mistakes. Yeah. Well, totally I, I gotta, I, just going back to the whole procreate versus markers and everything like that. What, what is your, what's your feeling kind of about like, 
is there something lost? And I don't, and I don't mean this in a bad way. But if you if you say that there's something lost, but is there something in your opinion lost from going from pen and paper, marker and paper, um, to to digital? And, and the reason I ask is um, one of the, one of the people, and I don't know if he's good or bad at at actually drawing cars or whatever. But the you know one of my first introductions to people that did this kind of drawing was uh, what's his name on uh, what's that show, uh, Bitch and Rides. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's a good, he's a great artist. Yeah, he, he and it, you know one of the things I was always amazed was he was a self-taught kind of car drawing, and and it was amazing to watch him. It was you know it was way before I met you and everything mm-hmm. like that. But like I have a feeling that that guy would feel like procreate is like cheating or something. Well, and I don't a, think that I don't a, feel that I way. But that, I also it's a tool. I'm it's another tool. It you know is 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 a table saw cheating when you could really do it with a handsaw? Right. You know. Okay. No. Yeah. It's, it's you know. If I'm gonna have a miter saw, am I gonna cut it with it? No. I'm gonna use the miter saw because it's <laughs> right. faster. And well, it's it, really the, power tools are almost always just a matter of how to get something done a little quicker. It's not, you still need the skills. Like the skill, if I put someone who's unskilled in front of a table saw, they're just going to end up with six fingers left. And watch me because that, that would be me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's actually interesting to me because you're, you're, you have experience, you have experience woodworking, you have experience welding. And yet, you know, it's just not, so you look at at that the way I look at art. Right. I'm no yeah, good exactly. at woodworking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I I can do it. And if mm-hmm. I really sat down and took my to- time and maybe had better tools or something like that, I could do it. But I, and I love it. And I actually we did <laughs> back in 1990, 1992, I got hired to with a friend of mine that was a woodworker. I mean, this guy was like you know like like you guys. I mean, you know, like um, juried art kind of woodworking. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> incredible this guy. And he's like, hey, we need to make this thing. And you know, I could design and draw. So we did this restaurant in downtown Minneapolis. It was like a super high-end restaurant called Capucci's. And we did everything from, um, there was like a, a two-story walkway of stairs going upstairs. And we made three-quarter inch solid oak tree panels where I drew out a tree on each one. And then we cut the holes out. You know, it, it was a like an Art, Art Nouveau style tree. So it's just kind of holes. And then each holes were routered on both sides and we Danish oiled everything up to 800 grit. What, you know, what's it? I mean, there was like a hundred of these things. Then we made a wine rack that was 20 feet long and seven feet tall with opening doors and stuff. And it was all that same kind of, and it was a whole tree. So the wine rack was a tree that went, started the center and went out. So all the, every single door was different, you know, and I, I, I'd never done anything like that before. And we got down to even I designed the logo for the place and we even made pins where I die or not die cast, but um, did silicone molds and urethane castings of the pins that all the that all the wait staff wore. And, and we took it to that level. Right. And then, you know, a typical story, you know, it was the coolest restaurant in Minneapolis. Everyone's like, thinking about it. And the guy didn't pay his taxes and stuff like that. And I closed him down <laughs> in nine months. And I never saw, you know, I did like 10 murals that were like five foot by six foot of um um, sunsets, all airbrushed sunsets, these beautiful murals on canvas that hung in backlit, um, coves in the ceiling. Cause it was in a, you know, it was in a high rise. So there was no sun. So in, I mean, everything we, we, we welded together all the vases and stuff for these huge, like six foot tall floral things. And, and I don't have any pictures of it. I don't have, I mean, it all went away. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> is it this, is this, this is the place that had like copious amounts of purple heart, right? I think you were telling me. Yeah. Or, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. We used some purple heart in there too. Absolutely. We, yeah. I mean, the Mater D's desk was like a 200 pound solid oak and purple heart, like unbelievable <laughs> thing. 
Yeah. Uh, where Prince, right? That's where Prince yeah, resided, Prince right? So Purple Heart, Purple Rain. Purple Heart. Purple Heart's I, my know, favorite I never put wood. that together until you just, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I never put that together until there you, you just said that. <laughs> well, it, that's why I like Purple Heart. That's when I saw that cutting board that you had done, Vincent. I'm like, instantly, I'm like, click, 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 click. It was like you the other night with the, with the leather thing, you know? I was like, oh. I got to have something with that purple heart. I've got <laughs> to have one of those for my wife. And she lost her mind when she got it. I really, I can never surprise her because isn't it? Well, you guys are both creative. So when you want to give something to somebody that like knows you really well, you know, it's almost like, well, I know they're going to appreciate it, but it has to be really, really good. I gotta, they're going to think I <laughs> yeah. phoned it in, you know, and this is right, something right. I'm like, they know I'm talented. So <laughs> this has to I be always really get nervous. Good. I always get nervous because like when somebody, when it comes time, like a gift giving thing now, it's gotten to the point where it's like, oh crap, I got to make something because I can't just buy <laughs> a gift for this person. I can't give them a no. gift card. Like they're yeah. going to go, what's wrong with you, bro? This is my opportunity to yep. get something you made. And it's like, yep. all right, fine, I get it. <laughs> so yes. no, exactly. I, I, I feel that that struggle. <laughs> well, in, uh, in trying different things has really been eye-opening because I've, I, you know, you get jaded. I'm a jaded old guy when it comes <clears> to cars and motorcycles. I, I can go to a car show and really I don't even have, have to look at the cars. I'm just there for the, to be in the moment, you know? And so like with with the artwork and stuff what learning about the, the maker community and things like that like you say there's things that i know i can't do like that 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 board that you made for me um the, the, is beautiful and everything's perfect and i'm like how does there's not a mark there's uh, the woods perfectly <laughs> you know it mm -hmm. I, I i don't i don't i can't do that i've never been able to do that there's always some piece that didn't fit together or an edge or something I'm like you know it's okay people are like oh no that's good i'm like no it isn't <laughs> well what's what's really funny though see this is what and this goes right into what we're talking about i told you when I gave you that board, that wasn't my original board. Right. Yeah, I right. still have the one it. I made for you originally that's still downstairs and it's not acceptable and I haven't figured yeah. out how to fix it yet. Um, oh, funny. But that's, it's weird that's how we did. That's, right. And that's exactly it, right? Because yeah. I think that's the difference between, you know, an artist. Well, there's, there, there's that, Vincent, and then there's also where we know, like, there, we can see the mistakes and we hate that and we've talked about that so many times oh, 100%. and we and we and it's like the hardest thing in our like hardest thing we ever do is to not point out those mistakes you have no idea i i still do it i still i know, I know no, better. Totally. me too oh you, I were, know fun, you were hilarious when you did that you're like oh ken i don't know i don't know how to tell you this i just i'm oh you know when it was getting close to christmas it really wasn't i wasn't worried but you were like i'll get it done but yeah it was just so funny because i'm like i've been there dude i totally <laughs> know that exact feeling you're having yeah. you're talking to the customer that's some person you don't know but you want to make sure that they want to be a customer again and something went wrong and times oh you know i, I had I felt, such I felt for you i had such a cool idea right. and it, it i could see the potential in the idea when yeah. i'm looking at the one that i screwed up and it's just like yeah i can't i can't i can't give a customer this. you have an amazing idea or amazing vision and you mm -hmm. and it's just you know it's there and you know you can do it and you just it's just not quite there right yeah, yeah. right the, the almost the yeah almost, it's almost yeah, there. the almost yes. is worse yeah. than the failure yeah because for sure, the almost, for sure. it makes yep. you feel like i could have done this like i yep. was all i was right there and it just didn't work why didn't it work what did i do wrong at least with a failure you could go that ah, was a dumb idea it was never going to work anyway right 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 it's right. like I'm a yeah. big soccer fan, and I always tell people, you know, because one of my teams is one of the greatest teams that's ever played, Manchester City. For those of you listening who don't like Manchester City, <laughs> anyway, um, I always say I'd rather lose like 6 nil 
Like, I'd rather just get blown out. And right. why would you want to get blown out? Because then if you're blown out, you never had a chance. Right. Like, yep. if you lose 6-5, you had oh, a chance hard. and you yeah. blew yeah. it. Yeah. No, I agree with you, Vincent. You just get the doors blown off. Eh, you had one of those days you can chalk right. it up and go on with your life. Right. So. Well, and right. sometimes it just ends up being a material, like for me, it was a material pick. I did a... um we wanted a new kitchen table. So last year, right before COVID hit, it was funny because the day I, I finished it and put it in the kitchen was the day we started working from home. So I never used it as a kitchen table. But <laughs> I, uh, I, um, I made this table and I had this cool idea for a table and set of chairs and all that kind of stuff. And I got the table made and it was like, you know, laser cut steel. <clears throat> the table's legs. awesome, by the way. Oh, thanks. Is that a table that like is basically mirrored is very similar to the lamp? Very yeah, close yeah. to it. Yeah. Actually, the, the, so the lamp was on the table for months. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, the and picture of my cutting board that he took is actually on, on the that table. table. Exactly. Is it on, it, wait, is it on the Instagram feed? Yep. Yep. Oh, I gotta go find it. Right. But it, Sorry. yeah, because in Carry that, it's, I, so I, I found a, a scratch and dent butcher block. It was three foot by six foot piece of butcher block, like an inch and a half thick maple, and it was like two hundred fifty bucks. That's a like, great well, deal. Well, let's start for a table. That's perfect. So I'm like, I want it to be strong. So I, I use like inch and a half, like six gauge steel tubing for the bottom of i mean this table weighs like 300 pounds i was just gonna say how much is this damn table you, weigh? Can, you can launch the shot and it looks at i don't, I don't think i have a, a picture of the whole thing like all done and sitting out no i don't i don't really oh yes i do anyway it, it looks really thin and in in almost like steampunk you know uh, doesn't look very strong but underneath of it is all you know welded steel and the the legs are are like eighth inch thick plate you know, welded together, and then they have buttresses on the inside. Of, I mean, you could launch the shuttle off the thing. I do love, but, I do love how you managed to combine with the design, the language of it, the the swooping circular legs, and then the circles punched out of it. Right. It is very similar to your tiki lamp, which is really, really cool. It's oh, like, yeah, oh, Ken definitely has a thing going on here. Well, it was, it was, it was. A, if you took the legs and flipped it upside down, because I'm like, you know how cool this lamp will yeah, look on totally. this table. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Oh my gosh, it is. It, it but it fits so well. And you're right, mm -hmm. the, the top works perfectly. Uh, yeah, very Boy, cool. Well, that board looks good on it too. I'm just going to say, it? You know? yeah. don't it? Yeah, yeah. That, 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 it was. You know, I used it all summer for photography. It was really ah, good. Beautiful. But it, was, it was a cool table, and I, I used I, I, You guys all use mineral oil, and I've never used it. I used the Danish oil on it mm -hmm. because I like to put paper on things and have it stain later. So <laughs> for like six years after you made yeah, it, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I Danish oiled it, and I wet sanded it up to six hundred grit. But first, I went around. I took two ball peen hammers because I didn't want it nice, and I took two ball peen hammers. And I just started playing hut for teacher on it. All across the top, oh so it's got little, little dimples and stuff on it. So character. there's no part of it that's perfectly flat because maple, so it's hard. But it has a character. character. I, I, then, I've actually done that though, Ken. Like, there's things that are just too nice, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm gonna stress out if there's not something wrong with it. And I yeah, just someone give it a hit this with a ding, chain, a little ding <laughs> on the corner or something. And then I know it's not perfect and I can just like sleep Move it. on. Yeah. I love well, watching people when they distress stuff like they'll do like the chain. It's interesting you said the chain because I always just see people wad up a chain into a ball and just start slamming it into the Oh, yeah, the I've done that. It, work, it works great. It makes all <laughs> kinds of cool marks, especially if you use an oily chain, then it, then it stains it too. <laughs> but it, what I was talking about with this one in the beginning, though, is, you know, the, the mess up. So I picked this metal. I just said, yeah, the, just give me the metal, whatever. And I, I should have, you know, you can, when you order metal steel, raw steel like that, you can get it coated or uncoated. And I should have got the uncoated because I wanted to grind the legs, but there's like this pickled coating or something they put on it. I mm -hmm. should know, I should know what it is, but I can't remember what it was. Anyway, 
you can barely grind it off. So I, I, it took me forever and I just screwed it up. So the legs never, the grind marks and stuff didn't come out anywhere near because I had to use 24 grit on a real high speed, you know, grinder to grind it all off. So, I mean, you could run your hand across it and cut your hand. (laughs) So then I had to go over it all with a DA and 80 grit just to take the sharp pointy parts off. (laughs) So that when I clear coated it, there wouldn't be these extra sharp things of paint and... I was going to say, you don't want to end up with a freaking razor blade holding (laughs) up the table. But but I didn't, I didn't, uh, like I didn't, I, I thought I burnished the edges okay. And, and I really didn't. So like all the chairs that I put next to it, they turn no. and they're all just gouged. You know, when you, if you turn so your thing, if you hit or hit it just right, you'll get a nice little mark on your leg. So oh, it's like I, the, uh, I had some failures on that, but it's I okay like how to, it came out. And that's the thing, right, though? <clears throat> people would look at it and go, all right, this isn't the best design thing in the world. I mean, it just sliced a finger off. But, you know, it's 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 cool looking. It you looks know? good. <laughs> it's right. It looks good. It holds stuff up. Yeah, you know, it's a table. It can do table things. <laughs> but I, have, I was I had the chairs designed too, and I was gonna do like you know the I was gonna do the four regular chairs that had the same legs and stuff, and then I was gonna do like a Game of Thrones like king's chair on one side, then a queen's chair on the other, and I still might. But when COVID hit, we're like, you know, do I want to spend a thousand bucks on laser cut parts right now to do the rest oh, of the God. chairs, and then do a, I better not. And then you know what happens, just things happen. But I. I'm going to build, I'm, I'm actually making another one of those lamps that I made. So I have a pair of them mm-hmm. because I really liked it. And um, there's a guy out here. I'll have to, I'll have to look it up and, and get you guys the number. Cause you got to see his cool stuff. He makes mid century lampshades. They're expensive. I mean, like hundred, $200 lampshades, but what's up? So what, what's cool. yeah, I'm trying to think of what is a mid century. So think about a lampshade. That's well, you know, they got boomerangs on them. They're like fiberglass, but you can see through them. It's like, you know, real, paper thin fiberglass and oh i'm trying to think of the think name of the jetsons place. think the yeah, jetsons okay stuff. all right it was what i wanted in the original drawing of the lamp that i did for you guys for the sh- for the competition oh yep all right i just googled it yes and i that all right. <laughs> yeah that kind of flat you yes. know it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 wider than it is tall by like a half you know yeah yeah those are really cool and there's a whole shop that does it out here oh, that, really those neat. are really cool i like those a lot I think, think actually, I was going to say think Ken's logo. Because, yeah, 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 exactly. No, yeah, definitely. All right. I'm in. Yeah, I my love, logo is total just tiki, you know, rat fink weirdness. I love, I love it. I've been told, I've been told by someone else who lives in this house with me. Um, <laughs> the font that you picked for the Mad K part is like one of her favorite things. So oh, I don't know if cool. you drew that or if that's a font, but no, she it's loves a font. It. It's a, well, and I, I, of course I, I went in there and tore it all about, uh, moved it around and stuff, but <laughs> it was course, think, right. um, there's the house industries. I bought a whole bunch of their fonts many years ago and there was a fink. Um, it's like Fink Gothic and Fink. It's like Rat Fink. Like, it's uh, fantastic. <laughs> it's a. It, but, oh, you should see all of them. They're really, really cool. And so I took this one and I just altered it the way I wanted it. Kind of a, you know, like the word studio on my logo. It looks a little bit like the Brady Bunch letters. Oh yeah, from the no, Brady totally. Bunch show. Yeah, which, the, which is that's like Sherman Sherman Schwartz Demi or something. It's called. I don't know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> one of those. You know, it's one of those goofy things. You know, the stuff that I remember is like that. I can't remember to like balance a checkbook or write write you know pay a bill. <laughs> but I'll remember what the font was on the Brady Bunch's show fifty years ago. And he has he has you have Sherwood Schwartz's biography committed to memory, but you couldn't tell me what the balance on your checking account is. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. It's oh, funny. People, funny. there are people like that though. It's just, mm-hmm. you, you know, the brain works in weird ways. Like I'll right. remember, 
I'm as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that my short-term memory is garbage. But I remember, I remember jingles from commercials I saw when I was yep. a kid. Like right. I walk around, like I'll be sitting in the kitchen and I'll pull something out of a cabinet and I'll just start singing the jingle from the eighties. Yep. And I'll hear, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Schoolhouse rock. <laughs> yeah, basically. Exactly. It's, oh, that's too cool. I, I, it's, I've I've found myself, and I always I always joke that I never really cared about the '80s because for the most part I was what four through fourteen in the '80s. You know, it's not really years that most people remember. I remember some things, but it wasn't my best years. I feel like my best years were the '90s. You know, mm-hmm. teen and later. But I really I'm starting to like I watched. I was saying on the podcast I watched went back and watched Knight Rider mm-hmm. end to end. And I realized that it's a wonderfully terrible show. Like it's Wonder- just, I love that. You, I love that expression because that is perfect for so many of those shows. It's exactly. Really wonderfully terrible. Cause I have the same, I, I, I feel the same way. There's some things that are just so wonderful. They're horrible, oh my God. but I, they're wonderful. If yeah. you watch, I was, yeah. I was telling, I was, I always say, and I, you know, I started watching Knight Rider historians on YouTube. And when you start watching Knight Rider as a, as more of a, like, um, like a, from a, technical mechanical point of view you realize the show is absolute genius it's Mm -hmm. a terrible show it's corny it's hokey it's a it's ridiculous right but they do some stuff in that show where you go wow and because they weren't doing like there was no cgi Right, it was practical. Right. They had to do it. Yeah, yeah they had all, to do it. All it. Effects. I mean, and the, there was the, the main fact of just the the driving it into the truck. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that was pretty complicated at it that is. point. It right? all is. There's some stunts. There was a stunt that yeah. they pulled off on one episode, and I and I paused the screen. I said, "Look at this." She goes, "What?" I said, "There's no tire tracks on the ground." She said, "Yeah." I said, "That means they got this right on the first try." <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> they well, the other thing they did. They made they made an eighty three Trans Am look fast, right? That <laughs> so, in itself was a. Do you know feat. the story of the nose on that car? Um, no, no. Mm. Oh, it's so good. So, in nineteen eighty three, Pontiac obviously they had the Firebird, the Trans. Well, they had the Trans Am, right? <clears throat> right. And, but it didn't have the nose that Kit has. Right, um, it's a different one. They didn't want the car to look too much like a production car, right? So they added that really elongated flat nose to the front of it. And what ended up happening was, and if you watch the first season, they call it a Trans Am a few times. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they stop calling it that. And it turns out GM basically told them, stop calling it a Trans Am. Oh, People are driving right. us crazy to get this damn car because we don't <laughs> make it. Well, you They're, know why they picked the Trans Am was all because of Smokey and the Bandit and how big that was. True. And oh, the really? Trans Am, and the, it, that, that movie absolutely made the Trans Am a legend. So, and so they were just trying to, you know, they're like, hey, well, let's use a black Trans Am just like Smokey and the Bandit did. Everyone thinks those are cool. If you watch the first few episodes, you'll notice there were a couple of scenes where they didn't have the extension nose on it, and the scanner is sitting right up at the front of the the front of the nose, really? and those cuts flat oh, off. I'm have yeah, to check that out. There are so many little details like that throughout the series that once you're aware of what's going on, it becomes just a, like a treasure hunt. Every episode, it's like you could you start to learn how to identify. So they had blind drive cars. And everybody used to think there was a guy sitting in the back seat, you know, with a screen driving the car. No, right. there was literally a guy sitting in the driver's seat, dressed as a car seat, right. driving yeah, I've the seen car. That. That's <laughs> amazing, and it's mind blowing to see it. It's like, and then once you see it, once you see all these things, you can't unsee them, and right, that's right. when the show is just wonderful. You get you start recognizing the stunt car, the jump cars. You start to see 
they had a they had a point in the filming You're of the like series where, on it. Yeah. where they had very few cars left. Yeah, they had a big rubber shell on the car. And you could see it like you, you like, I always thought as a kid, like, oh, the car got banged up. No, it didn't get banged up. It's literally wrapped in a neoprene shell. Yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. I mean, Vin- I could- so Vincent, after we talked about the Knight Rider and we talked about the bike and the, mm-hmm. um, and the power wheel and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I think that was probably the most uh, like DMs I got after any episode <laughs> where like, every, like, I don't even know how many people probably about like 10, 10 plus people dm'd me pictures of their power wheels or their bikes mm-hmm. um the night rider kit bikes it, it was so funny because everyone was like oh i had one of those or uh, oh i wanted one of those i feel like everybody that was everybody that was of age in the 80s loved night rider if you were oh, yeah, I I mean, all right and don't this isn't meant to sound as sexist age, but i was like you were close enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> was, close enough i was yeah. perfect because I, w- I graduated high school in 86 so i mean when that show came out it oh was, yeah you know, Night oh, Rider yeah. and we had BJ and the Bear before that and and Dukes of Hazard and all I mean for car guys it was you know it was it crazy was the, it was amazing it was yeah. the golden era of television was was 1980s tele- for car right. guys anyway it was 19 the 1980s I mean there is something about like that like the late 70s like 80s those kind of like totally. shows that there's something whimsical or like something about to your point, Vincent, it, it makes you happy to watch them, even though they're so corny and like they're predictable terrible. and stuff like that. They're terrible. There's no other way to put yeah. it. They're terrible. They're terrible. But you can, there's something about them that would allow you to escape. Right. Yeah. You can I mean, just, you're like just Magnum you're in... PI. Like even yeah, that, that's exactly. a horrible show, but yeah. it's like, I, I enjoy watching it sometimes. Cause it's just like, I don't know. There's something like comforting or, easy about it you know you know what the, rockford, happen, the so. rockford files were one i always thought <laughs> yeah right. you know and, I, and it was i always love I mean, when anthony kumia talks about canon <laughs> it's yeah. like yes it's like who the hell watches this i remember <laughs> that right? show yeah and was it quinn martin that was it was it quinn all the quinn martin shows that were around at the same time it was like this guy just made every show and then it was um who was after it was the guy that did the a-team stephen j cannell and then Glenn Larson, who did he did Knight Rider, he did Battlestar Galactica. Oh, and that's it's another good one. So many shows, like just. Right. And now it's like, okay, a guy, you know, you know the show, you know the actors, you don't know the guy that makes them, right? You rarely know the people right. making the shows now, yeah. unless you're really into it. But back then, these guys had reputations, like, you know, mm-hmm. I think it was I think Fall Guy. Battle, I think Fall Guy was also um, Glenn Larson, right? Was that one of his too? That I, was another. I'm awesome almost positive show. it was, or if it might have been Stephen J. Cannell, he was uh, with the A Team guys. Like who knows? It's so cool. Like I love, I love the technical achievement of '80s television because right. Knight Rider. What people don't realize is that Knight Rider did two seasons a year, and they did 23 episodes a season. Right. It's like. 23 episodes a season that's insanity yeah, it takes I, me 12 hours to edit a like 10 minute YouTube <laughs> yeah, exactly. video. you know how do you do this well and, and to your point Vincent, too that's the other thing to think about is like anyone that watches them and it's like oh these like it's cheesy or whatever Th- there's no like special effects none like that's what like we need to remember that because if, if the, all those action scenes mm-hmm. were like real right for the i mean most part yeah for the most part it, up until yeah, the know, third I mean, season right. of knight rider and even in the third and fourth so in the third season they transitioned for a lot of the jump sequences they were doing they were using model cars right um, oh, really yeah, but, i remember seeing that but 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 here's the here's the big but not in all of them <laughs> which right. is pretty like if they needed a tight shot of the jump 
then it would be like, oh yeah, no problem. Tight shot of the jump. We're going to use the real cars. They were in the fourth season, my favorite thing in the world, my favorite, favorite thing in the world. In the fourth season, they introduced Kit. Um, Kit got a feature called Super Pursuit Mode. Yes. And all, all these ridiculous like... Wings would shoot out of them. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what you don't realize until you rewatch it is they literally use the same shots in every episode. <laughs> 23 episodes of the fourth season using the same shots of Kit yep. opening up and closing. It's the same shot. Nailed every, it. Nailed it. Use it night, every time. <laughs> in the middle of the night, they yeah. would shoot Kit going into Super Pursuit Mode and the body of Kit is reflecting a bright blue sky. <laughs> like, so funny. Exactly. Wait a minute. Oh, or it turned into the Night Rider show. I know. Yeah, I can't even help it. Like I get so. But I, what I will say, what I will say is this, and I think it kind of goes back to what we we're saying. You know, an artist hides mm-hmm. there. An artist can cover up their imperfections, right? That show had a ton of imperfections. Right. But what did they do? They covered it up with just entertainment. It was just pure entertainment. You lost yourself in it for you know forty minutes, forty five minutes. And you don't look at it then. Like, I look right. at it now differently. I'm looking at it as a content maker, right? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I see what they're doing here. And it's actually pretty brilliant. Back yeah, then, exactly. I was like, oh, I'm a kid. This is a car I want as an adult. <laughs> well, you enjoy right. it as like, you enjoy it because of the imperfections, because right. it's like, oh, how brilliant was it that they could they could make this horrible thing actually look exactly. awesome? Like, right. holy yeah. crap, they pulled well, this yeah, off? Well, what the watch, hell? <laughs> go rewatch the first Star Wars movie. I mean, oh, yeah. I, that, right. that was a, that was a documentary in real life to me when that came out. I saw it in the theater eight times when it first came out. I was like I was 77. So I was nine years old, you know, and nine year old seeing that it was, you know, magic. It, it was real. That right. we watch it now and you can see like, oh, that's a that's not a building. That's just a milk cart and painted white that they're <laughs> right, flying by. Right. You know, yeah. the most, the most mind-bending thing it. I ever saw. So when I was younger, um, they did a Star Trek exhibition at the Hayden Planetarium, which is at the American Museum of Natural History, which is now called the Rose Center for Space Studies, I think it's called. And for about one month, one summer, when I was like 10 years old, they had a Star Trek exhibition. And cool. they had borrowed stuff from the Smithsonian. So they had the actual props and you could actually see them. And for some of them, they let you touch them. And what really blew my mind was learning that the the detachable probe from Spock's tricorder was a salt shaker. <laughs> and the <laughs> chips that Kirk used to put in the, seat, the command seat to record his log, they were literally just pieces of painted wood like everything on that show was so unbelievably low budget right and right it really hits you even at 10 i understood like oh this is not what i expected like this is craziness but again it is cool you know you're watching it you're watching it from today's eyes you can appreciate wow they really that was incredible look what they thought of to do doctor who's another one right doctor who is great I mean, the yeah. daleks have a damn whisk on them i mean they literally have a whisk on them <laughs> right. the cybermen were made with with like duct work and socks <laughs> you, know, you know what i couldn't understand like i still don't understand from the original uh, star trek is the the earpieces that they use, you know, like uh, uh, like up on the bridge or whatever. It looked th- like I don't understand how that stuck in their ear and hung there. It looks so like heavy. Uh, Everyone that has AirPods wonders the same thing. Okay, all right, sorry. <laughs> get AirPods but, like, like it looks it looks super heavy, and I don't know how it stayed in their in their ears. Yeah, Aurora had that 
thing that looked like a barbell sticking out of her ear. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, how does yeah. that not move? <laughs> right, right. But, yeah. That's too good. Very important questions being asked on this podcast. I know. We're yeah. really... I, I'm very really curious. Digging deep right now. <laughs> I'm very curious. I'm very curious because we have. I didn't expect to be talking so much about '80s TV. It's fine, whatever. It's the conversation went there, but I'm very curious from the people that are listening. I know some of you weren't even alive for '80s television. I'm very sorry. Go back and watch some. You'll enjoy it. But for the people that were, what was your what was your go to '80s show? I mean, it's clear what mine was, and I'm not even pretending it isn't Knight Rider, right? Um, what about you two? What was your go to uh, '80s show? Boy, it was. Um... Probably, I don't think it was Knight Rider. I, it was one of my top favorite ones. I think I think the the original Dukes of Hazard mm. was probably to me good call. And, the, and and it was uh, part of it was you know um, in American automobiles when those shows came out, these were the worst cars that America ever made. I mean, everything that came out was just, I mean, a Citation, the Chevette. You know, <laughs> you know the, the Renault Chibet, Fuego. Yeah. Um, you know what? What else do we have? All kinds of just you know the the Cadillac Cimarron, which was a Chevy Cavalier with oh my lock god, washers. that car was horrible. You know, it was. I mean, it was it was the Malaise era, and then here's this guy in this basically back then a ten or twelve year old orange Charger, just <laughs> tearing everything up. You know, and all the cars that were chasing him were all the crappy cars of the day. You know, it's you know seventy six. You know, coronet police car. And like, I was going to say oh, they were coronets, right? Always. They were Dodge coronets, and they were using at one point they were using Pontiac Bonnevilles, also. Right, <laughs> right. Like, and they actually they ran out of chargers for that show, and they were like taking Dodge darts and anything that they could bolt the same parts to and oh, make, no. them, make them look. And <laughs> so, oh, so I mean, a lot of the, the the later versions were were pretty sketchy. And actually, they wrecked <laughs> so many of those wheels that when someone tries to restore one of those, they can never find the turbine wheels because no one remakes them. There's one there's one scene from Knight Rider where a kid does a jump and you can actually see the car fold in half as it hits the ground. Like you actually see the chassis just fold in half. And it's a famous scene. He's jumping over like a river and the car lands and you just see the whole car just start to close like a briefcase. And it's like, oh, geez, that one didn't last. (laughs) Yeah, that one didn't last. But I think I think that was probably it. Later, I liked Miami Vice. Mm hmm. Because you know they always had the they had cool cars in there and they those guys style. dressed cool no, and they had style <laughs> and I had I had the the white linen jacket with the skinny leather tie and you know the pastel colored shirt and I this remember guy, going is, please tell me there's a picture of this somewhere well, there's pictures of this somewhere. I don't have I, can I this, should find yeah, one and dig it up this put needs it up to be the uh, picture for the podcast post yeah. I love this in 1980 if I can find it. Oh, but in 1985, I went to Alaska, to Fairbanks, Alaska. My dad is a musician, and he used to be the director of the Fairbanks Summer Arts Festival. So we'd go up there, and he'd bring celebrities and music people from around the country up, and we'd do this thing. So, you know, it was, it was a big deal, and I'm the big deal's, you know, son. So I'm up there, and it's Miami Vice time. So I'm up in Alaska, land of the midnight sun, in my, you know, like – Converse sneakers and and uh, you know just like I was telling you with this, the the linen jacket and the leather tie and stuff like that just oh trying to be all city and stuff it was really really funny because it worked <laughs> so <laughs> totally it was like there was um I played drums so I, I played in the the jazz band up there and there was a, a a dance part of it too so all these girls are dancers you know and they're all 
high school age too you know here i am walking around like my joe miami vice and i had my skateboard so i'd ride my skateboard in with my just suit on I mean, it looked like a complete tool <laughs> but they were like who you know because these girls from alaska and you're like oh you're from somewhere else and all the guys up there are like oh just what are you doing you know it was like we thought we had a shot here and then here comes there was another guy up there from malibu california and he was a surfer dude like totally like radical surfer dude you know and blonde bleach blonde hair and blue eyes and stuff like that and he had a skateboard up there too so him and i just got to be buddies and we terrorize everything and, as, oh, as man, it is there's fun. like there's like one woman for every six men and you guys yeah. have to go up there of all places <laughs> right right and the worst part of it because i was like 16 or so and the worst part of it worst or best depending on look at it, is I could, I could go to the liquor store and buy wine so like I'd, I'd I'd come back with like you know a, the biggest bottle of the cheapest crap wine that I could find, <laughs> and jug, and we jug of wine. We had the idea after having a little wine, me and Gordia, like, hey, we should go to the the girls' floor because you know there was dorms, and uh, we'll take our drumsticks, the the big three S they're called, the the big drumsticks you use like in a marching band, and um, they're like bats. I mean, they're huge. <laughs> and so let's go to the end of the hallway in about two in the morning, and we'll, we'll each we'll each do like an open roll on the on the bell that's the fire alarm because they had the old big bells you know the big huge bell with the <laughs> so we said let's see what that, let's see what that does so we went and did it and uh you know they all the all the girls come out of the room you know and then they just see it's us and they're like oh. these guys <laughs> again. We, thought we, we thought we were all cool and they're like oh you idiots you know we got stuff to do we have a recital we're practicing i mean these people were serious we're up there being told tools it was awful but this this crap again. times yeah yeah so these that was the 80, that was part of my 80s-ness was was doing that and then i went out the best thing i saw was later one of those nights where it's about 11 o'clock it's still perfectly light out at night and there was a guy out in a jeep an old like not an army jeep but like an early 70s jeep but a jeep jeep and he goes out there and he says watch this and he just lights up all four tires in the middle of the road just from, i mean those clouds of billowing smoke i'm like this is the coolest thing this state's like awesome. a peel out like he's like yeah just a total burnout just to, for burnout, fun yeah. yeah this is cool and i'm like that really was cool you know he's kind of going <laughs> side, he's kind of going sideways and so and i'm like oh man i don't this is really neat and i thought i could live up in alaska then i went through in the winter one year and i said nope nope, nope. <laughs> i'm yeah. good so, it so was, you counted it, it by going minutes. to minnesota at some point yeah yeah, exactly. somehow, yeah i ended up staying out here so <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. But anyway, so what's your favorite show of the 80s, Ethan? Uh, well, so um, at the end of the 80s, I was six years old. So um, pro- it was probably uh, it was probably Double Dare. But um, oh, I love wow. Double Dare. Yeah, Double Dare is great. But as far as sitcom, I mean, as far as kind of like, yeah, I mean, Double Dare is awesome, right? Um, but, so these are probably these are shows I watched later in life. Well, I mean, Alf was awesome. But um, I was going to say Alf. I bet Alf was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I really liked A Team and uh, Magnum PI as like a re- like as a like probably like eight to ten year old kid. Those like they like what's cooler than Magnum PI? And I also really like Knight Rider, but I just didn't want to pick that one, Vincent. But <laughs> well, um, you, that was actually probably better. I would I would put Double Dare, Knight Rider. And then like AT Magnum PI. You know, I watched um, and Night Court, of course. I'm just of kidding. Of course, Night, Night Court. Court. Oh yeah, of remember course, that? Night Court. Yes. I don't even remember. I don't. I, I remember that show because I wa- I remember watching it like when my brother would quote unquote babysit me when my parents <laughs> went out. 
<laughs> but I have no idea what that show was about. I mean, obviously, was, go back and watch it. It was hilarious. It, was it, was, it really? it's, it's hysterical. It was on in syndication in New York for years. It was probably yeah. on for like it's I don't know, still four funny. or five years. It, it, oh, that's I, when that's I, still funny. Because I had, I really, I do have fond memories of Night Court, but it's I have funny. zero memories of anything that happened on that show. I just remember like enjoying that show. It's one of the few '80s sitcoms that actually does hold up. It is it actually still up. funny. Well, I'm glad we brought it up because I'm especially gonna, if I'm you're a New Yorker. <laughs> if you're a New right. Yorker, it's yeah. not only it's actually historical documentation, from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a I watched um probably the last thing I'll talk about before we get to the thing of the week. But um I watched Dan Larson <clears throat> from Toy Galaxy. He did a whole thing about the A Team, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize how much drama was going on behind the scenes on oh, that I'm show. Sure. Oh man, apparently George characters. Papard is a jerk. <laughs> really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, no, like, guys, there's a lot of big character characters. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. So I can was... never get I can never get past that um, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactic. <laughs> got to go. Like I just could never get a past. I'm like he's just what? the same guy. Why Why isn't he just you take out his laser gun or something? What What were some of the other shows? I'm trying to think of like uh, there was a couple of like other amazing shows that we haven't talked about. Oh, Chips. Remember Chips? Chips. Yeah. Chips was pretty good. MacGyver Chip. was great. Oh, MacGyver. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. MacGyver. Yeah. MacGyver. MacGyver was the original maker. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can make anything out of anything, right? Yeah. Totally. Yeah, uh, MacGyver is a good one. Yeah, that was that was actually one of my favorite shows. Yeah. MacGyver was definitely up there. It was MacGyver the A Team and Knight Rider for me? Like those were my three was shows. Was MacGyver eighties? It yeah. was early eighties, yeah. uh, late eighties. Yeah. yeah, late eighties. Yeah, and late eighties. Well, the mullet one. You know, he had the mullet later on. Yeah, so true. The right. Mullet was definitely in early nineties. <laughs> well, then at the end, you had Living Color and, and Married with Children, which were both brilliant oh, too. Oh my 80s. gosh! Yeah, it does feel like the 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 procedural drama just kind of took a croak, and it just like oh, okay, you still have like your Law and Orders and a couple of shows, but it was just wasn't as like something where you were just like really into it. It was just something to watch. Like I, yeah. there was, I think the invention of the DVR kind of killed television for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I like, get that. I'm yeah. not, we're not all getting together to watch something, and we're not all talking about it the next day anymore. Like right, it's yeah. not a you thing don't anymore. To, you don't have the water cooler. Yeah, things anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yep. oh, we're, we sound like a bunch of old men. But. We do, but you know what? Everybody does need to get the hell off my lawn so we could do things of the week. <laughs> Ken, what is your thing of the week this week? My thing of the week is a um, something that popped up on my LinkedIn feed. When I was just, I was looking at mechanisms or something for something, and it's a spherical gear. So it's this ball that <laughs> broke my brain. For, 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 for oh, the no, record, this one broke my everyone's going to have to click this link. Yes, yeah, go see this. There's, there's nothing like it. If it's you don't want, if you don't click any other links in the show notes, yeah. click this one. You've exactly. never seen anything like this. I promise. You. I, I guarantee all three of us have watched this for like probably way too long. But anyway, absolutely, sorry, go on. yeah. No, I. So it it. it it's all done the computer and, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I did find online 3D models and printed them out on our printer at work because I'm like, I've got to figure out how this makes because I couldn't figure out how to make it. Oh, so what it is, is if you think of a gear, so take a flat gear and then and then put it on a radius. So you make a ball with the gear, you know, where it goes around. So the cuts, the gears are, you know, the gears are cut a certain shape. And so you make that ball like that. And then you turn the ball 90 degrees and cut it the other way. And then it makes these like spiked. It looks like some. It looks like something that you should be hitting with a lightsaber. It looks like a koosh ball. Yeah, like a koosh ball. And um, yeah, huh. it, it, and it's like then then they have this the opposite shape of that gear that that touch against it that turns. And then the, they put one on each side. But now with the axes and stuff, you can get you can you can I, I, you, I can't even describe it. You just have to watch the video. It's the most incredible gear set ever. So 
I printed a set and I got a set on my desk at work that I'm playing <laughs> with trying to figure out there's got to be something I can do with this. But I couldn't figure out like I could make the the ball part with with the because it's basically a cutting um, you're cutting gears in a circle. Right. And I'm using SolidWorks, so I can, I can cut it in circles. I made this one gear part, but then the negative side of that, it's not it's nothing symmetrical. So mm. if you think of a ball and something has to go up right up against a ball, it's like a socket, right? Well, this is right. a socket that's cut with a gear that rotates. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a cylinder that's fat on the top and narrow in the middle with a gear cut in it, but none of the gears are symmetrical. <laughs> and I'm like, how do I create this? And I couldn't figure out how to make it in SolidWorks. And I found a model online. I just grabbed it and like, okay, I still can't figure it out. And I have the model. <laughs> this is this is one of those things that like when, even Winston yeah. Moy would put his arms up and go, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not doing this. This is too much. This is ridiculous. <laughs> when, when, when Ken sent, so he sent it to us in our chat ahead of time. And I watch it and I, I just, I think my response was, this hurts my head, but I love it. Like, cause it's <laughs> exactly that. Like I it absolutely, like, I don't, I, I, it's one of those things where you watch it and you can understand it as you watch it, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you can never explain it. Like I can, I can't explain it back, but no, you, you could, I mean, we're not capable Bernie, of that. Bernie, <laughs> you need Bro. to click this link and make this happen. Bernie. Watch it. If the, when someone asks me from now on for the rest of my life, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. If they say, "Do you have proof of God?" I'm, saying, no. <laughs> I'm like, "No, that, that you need you need intelligent design and creators yeah. to do something like that." It, it is it is absolutely insane. Yeah, I feel like if anyone we know, you know, it's funny. I I immediately thought of Winston, but yeah, if if anyone could get this done, Bernie could do it. I really yeah. well, do feel like Bernie would not, go. He'd be super fascinated by it. So mm-hmm. Bernie works by solo. Yeah, uh, you I know. Spark you know, Ken, after this, you got to send it to him just to make sure that he sees this thing because he gets it. Yeah, Sprocket it would too. be fun to go. see that. It would be fun to see it as the first the gear ball be just a, a block of wood about the size right. of a basketball, and then all those other parts being scaled way up. That'd be you a know, really if you cool. had a five-axis CNC, you could really kill this. Uh-huh. No, I, I mean, I think it's. Po- I mean, I think well, it's clearly possible, but like, I think if someone <laughs> knows what they're doing. Isn't that Not the greatest? Me. You look at it, something, you go, clearly this can be done because it is done. I don't know yeah. how. <laughs> like, I don't understand. Right. <laughs> no, absolutely. There's no way in my entire life I could actually make that happen. But, no. And, I, and I'm okay with that, but it is super cool. I'm just glad to know that there are people in the world who can make this work. Right. Like, that right. just gives me hope for humanity. And I'm happy that there's people like Ken that have... Uh, discovered it and introduced me to it because i am fascinated by it it really is like a really mind f a hundred percent you watch it it is and when i I had to print it out because i'm like i don't i don't believe this works i just don't (laughs) i don't believe how when you look at it and if you understand any kind of mechanical anything it's just like this shouldn't work at all and i've got the two (laughs) pieces and i'm I'm rolling up the minute it starts moving and i'm rolling them together and i'm like this thing works you know i printed (laughs) out on a real fine i printed out on like five thousandths of an inch or five ten thousandths whatever our printer does really the finest i could get it and it's about the size of a golf ball that i printed and you could and it rolls together and it turns and it's i mean it's crazy that's (laughs) mind-blowing we're gonna definitely have that link in the show notes and yeah like i said if you don't watch any of the other stuff that we recommend please watch this if If you never never clicked a a show note link click this one because it's break the streak today break the streak today for sure and i'll just warn everybody the link starts out as boring (laughs) and antiseptic as it does it's just literally just like 
type list of what happens yeah, during you the video. So yep. go ahead and skip ahead yeah. until you start seeing shapes. Totally. And then, then it's awesome. Yeah, definitely have a go. You're gonna you'll you'll enjoy it. If you're if you're fascinated by mechanisms, you know who else would love this? Angus from um uh Maker's Muse. Oh he, yeah. He would lose his mind because this is what he does. He loves mechanisms in 3D printing. So Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're totally right, Vincent. Yeah, that's right. totally up his alley. Angus is going Angus is getting tagged in this episode. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, the practical engineer would absolutely love it too. Man, we should just make a list of all the people that would love to well, do this. Cuz we need to cuz people need Some, to see this. Yeah. Yeah. They need to see this is definitely Ken. You you basically opened our eyes to a whole new world here. <laughs> oh yeah, there's, and there's and there was more to it than too. I mean, when I started going down that rabbit hole on Google, I was like, wow, I gotta uh, stop. But this, this is was too much for me thing. already. Don't don't start. I don't. <laughs> well, I got cocky. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna make this when I get back to work. And and I went to work. I'm like, I can't for the life of me figure out how they made that second piece. I mean, how yeah. do how do I create it? And I can't, you know, I can't do a cut revolve. I can't do a individual piece because this angle will be wrong and this and so I, the, someone made it because like i said there was this you can print them out online you can go to um i think grabcad or turbo squid or one of those places that sell the um 3d printed stuff the stls for mm -hmm. for um you know machines yeah. they had it so i just grabbed it and and printed it that's out. crazy it's really stuff. cool we're gonna have that link in the show notes obviously um ethan thing of the week sir all right. Well, I got uh, two videos and they're both people that I've done before. So that's why they're both I'm doing two. Um, <laughs> but uh, everyone knows that I'm a huge fan of miniature things. And this guy did. Well, I do miniature things, the not Jackman size things. And I just make them kind of like look similar, close. They're pretty rough. Uh, but this guy did a legitimate mini thing, and that's Morley of Morley Curry. Oh, so good. Oh, my gosh. He made a miniature uh, bo Bowie knife. Bowie, Bowie knife. knife, yep. And uh, But he didn't just make a miniature Bowie knife. He It's like a legit Bowie knife. He, I mean, he, he made it out of a wrench, and then he hardened it. I mean, he literally did like a he forged this thing it, it <laughs> is insane he so he grinded it down and the thing is it probably about um it's probably like the knife the knife blade itself is maybe two and a half to three inches at most it's super tiny but he literally forged this thing and he heat treated it uh in a couple different ways i don't even know the terminology but basically he, he put he did the whole thing he heat treated it he quenched it and then it. he tempered it and tempered it. Yes, he thank you. That is freaking. It was yeah. ridiculous watching him go through this process. I'm like, I thought he was just going to carve something that looked like a knife. And well, that's he what I would have done. Went Vincent, through the whole yeah. process of like, son of a. This thing is wow. a legitimate knife. Like it yes. is a legitimate hardened steel like yep. knife. What was and, the name? But, what was the name again? Uh, so Morley Kurt, uh, M O R L E Y K E R T. Um, he's a, he's a friend of the show. He's an amazing guy. Um, but yeah, but then, but beyond that, Vincent too, he made a, like a brass guard. Mm -hmm. He made, and a, guard. He made yeah. a wooden, uh, handle mm -hmm. and then a brass, um, what is it? But, you know, like, I don't know. Pommel. I don't watch enough forge and uh, fire to know all the terminology, but yep. it is literally a knife. I mean, it, yep. it, it is. And he, well, and he carves these like little, uh, pickles at the end and it's brilliant but he, everything about it is so brilliant i love it is it, i just 
everything about it is great. And it's just another example of why he's, he's such a, uh, an amazing talent and, uh, an amazing really maker cool. and, and creative. Cause that's a, such a cool concept that I wish I had thought of. And it's fantastic. And it's I, absolutely it's fantastic. one of those where I shake my fist and I say, ah, Ethan, uh, miniatures. I, I really, I've always liked miniature stuff. Yeah. And I had, there was a time in the, during the mid nineties that I worked for a, um, a toy guy that we did the sculptings for the X-Men and, oh. um, and, uh, like spawn and Marvel comics characters and things like that. And I was the ordinance guy. So I would make little knives, little plastic knives oh, and, carve them. and I made little guns, little laser guns and, you know, just gluing stuff and waxing them together. But it was all that size. Oh, that's was, that, was a, that was a fun gig. It's so oh, fun. It is so back, fun. It's so cool. He's cutting it's, a pickle. And it's a cocktail pickle. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, oh, it's great. It's, it, it's so great. I hope that video pops off for him. Uh, you know, yeah. Anyways, it's, it's, he did a great job with that. Mm-hmm. And it's a legit thing. And that's, that's the difference between like the thing, the, my Jackman, whatever things. And what he did is he actually did it legit and yep. it's amazing. So go check that out. Uh, my second one is just one of my favorites, uh, front, uh, former guest of the show. Um, but Aaron of maker gray, she did oh, a yes. pool deck. Um, so she has, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name of the, the, the pool itself, stock but tank. It's stock tank. Yes. Got you so back, she, bro. she's did a stock tank video, uh, pool a while back, and then she's actually upgraded it to a bigger one. But this video was making a kind of wraparound deck for, for the pool that makes it so much more usable too. I mean, it's a, it's amazing. Ethan, I, what? she finished the stock tank literally the day before she was on this show. Oh, is that right? Yeah, because we talked about it on the um, show. Yeah, see, this is my memory. <laughs> this is my memory. But the deck mm-hmm. is amazing. So she, so she did a deck this week for, uh, for that for her new stock pool. Yep, which stock is bigger rifle. than the old one. Yep, and it's it's just good. I just I, I I've said it before, but I really love her videos. Her videos mm-hmm. are very they're edu- like they're instructional in a really really solid way. Uh, but they also have, and this is one of my favorite things about any YouTuber is there's so many like little techniques in there. And, and I say that because most of us aren't going to make what she made. Correct. So what you, what I get out of her videos are the little tips and tricks that she puts in there as she's making things. For example, the one, one thing I'll put in is she's like, if you don't have uh, a lot of helpers or you need to hold things up, put clamp like clamp things to the two by fours mm-hmm. and then put the board on the use the clamps as a second set of hands those types of things she has a ton of those in all of her videos yep. and they're just really really good videos and and they're not too long either which is great so anyways well, and she's well, awesome so i was just gonna say let's let's be honest erin's freaking awesome to be yeah she's with, just so. she's just an awesome person she's super talented and yeah very talented and stuff. the deck looked freaking awesome and yeah it's so it's it looks so cool like I don't know. I just like it. I'm so. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to visit them and uh, you know take a dunk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I told pool, her she I needs mean. to make. She needs to schedule a maker pool party. So there we so. go. Make that a pool really party. Cool. Let's see how many we can get into a stock tank pool. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I will have both of those links in the show notes. My things of the week. Okay, first I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do one because it's a half thing of the week, but it's not really a half thing of the week. It was my. Th- it would have been my thing of the week had I not had my thing of the week. How's that for go. vague? Yep. Okay. 
my half thing of the week, I'll call it a three-quarter thing of the week, because every once in a while, I I come across people on YouTube that just hit me every time. Like, every video is, as they say in the business, a banger. Like, there's a guy who I've talked about on this podcast, and I talked about on Into the Spotlight, is there's a guy who I will never stop trying to get on this podcast. His name is Dan Roto. He is one of the most talented artists I've ever seen in my life. He's a super talented dude and he makes the most amazing, interesting mixed media art. Um, Lately, he's been kind of doing cool stuff with resin, but he also just, he's very good at turning a thought into a piece of art. And, you know, I was watching tonight because he did, um, he just dropped a video today where he's talking, he's working with GoDaddy. So he's doing an e-commerce site and he's showing off some of his art. And one of them actually, I won't say which one because it's weird that it got me choked up, but it did. And it hit me right in the feels like just square directly homing missile right from my feel bones. Well, he dropped, this was yesterday. Um, he made a, sh- a piece of shadow art. Um, and it's, it says I'm fine. And then when you shine a light on it, the shadow says, help me. And it's just, it, it, wow. It just broke me. It, it, I, I had a lot of trouble keeping my composure when I saw it. And I, I was listening to him telling the story in the video. It is an absolutely unbelievably powerful video. It's super short. It's like a minute long. Um, but it just, it, just grabs you and it wrenches your heart in a way. It's that's what an artist does, right? An artist can just pull it out of you and pull those feelings out of you. And he does it with me more often than not. And he's been doing it a lot lately with the stuff he's been making. And it's just, he's super talented. And I really hope one day he listens to this podcast and says, Oh, you really are a fan. Yeah. I'd love to be on, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, it's still an amazing video. I'll have the link in the show notes. I really highly recommend you watch it because it's super powerful. And if it doesn't hit you in the feels, you might want to have your feels checked. Have a feels test to make sure you have feels because it's really <laughs> powerful stuff. <laughs> the other thing, and this is the thing, and I saved it for last because I know you both want to talk about this. So when I was at, you know, I was at Jimmy's, <clears throat> you know, just hanging out, hanging out with um, Jimmy. Jimmy who? Yeah, you know, oh, Jimmy Duresta. You may have heard of him. He's he's kind of popular. Oh, Jimmy Duresta. Yes, yeah, I, I think I've heard of him. A you of may months. have heard of him. You know, yeah. he he has a video or two. He's got like a couple of followers. It's, you know, he's he one of those guys. Anyway, yeah. um, while I was there, I met um, Jeremy Foster, who goes by mostly Acruit. And yes, I said that correctly. That's the joke. Um, but he, we were talking about airbrushing. And he's like, oh, I have something in my truck I want to show you guys. So we were all just hanging out. This was like six of us just kind of just chatting about various stuff. And he brings over, I swear, it blew my mind. He brings over a small, portable, battery-powered airbrush. And I'm like, come on, really? And he goes, yeah, here it is. And I put it in my hand, and I pulled the, I pulled the mechanism, and I put my hand in front of it. And I was like, oh, wow. This thing actually like, works. Like a pencil, like a you like a pencil or a drying, like it. It well, I felt the I felt the um, the air coming out. Okay, and I could actually feel some force behind it. Okay, like it didn't feel like like a desk fan. It felt like an airbrush. And hmm. he said that he had done he had done. I said, so what is what's the battery life on this thing? Like fifteen minutes? He goes. I got about two hours out of it of almost continuous use. Wow. And he had used coating. Yeah, he put a coating to protect the patina 
on his truck and he used this to do it. What? So yeah, it's mind blowing. So I'm like, all right, fine. I'm just going to buy one and try it. So I finally got it. And this week I got to try it with a couple of Stuart Semple's art supplies. So I tried it with Blink, which is a matte black ink. And I tried it with Mirror, which I've talked about on this podcast before. And I got to tell you, man, this airbrush is just amazing. It is so unbelievable. Is there, is there a compressor? Was that? I mean, is there a compressor on board? So the, the compressor and the it... battery are built into the bottom unit of it. Okay. And then the compressor, it's very interesting the way this thing works. It doesn't work like a standard airbrush um, as far as how it triggers the compressor. You don't need to turn this on. Um, you, you screw on the airbrush, the actual brush, to the battery pack slash compressor. When you push down on the mechanism, a pin pushes down on the compressor, and that turns the compressor on. And it just works. Ooh, it's wow. it's mind boggling. I don't even un, like I, I was using it going, I can't believe this actually works. I can't believe this actually works. And you know what? It does actually work. And it works wow. really, really well. If you've wanted an airbrush and didn't want to deal right. with the compressor or the or the you're, you're talking to me right now. Vincent. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, the one thing I will say, if you don't know how to thin paint and how to clean an airbrush, yeah. you're definitely gonna want to find out how to do that. Right. Before you use this, I would say, okay, get it. But I have airbrush cleaner that I actually just run, run a cycle through and it does the job just fine. Um, really you're only supposed to use that between colors. I use it to clean the airbrush. I've never had a problem with it. Um, you have to thin your paints. Obviously, if you're going to use acrylics, acrylics, one-to-one water and paint. Um, or if you're going to use enamels or oils, there are special thinners for airbrushes that you have to use. It. And that's just a matter of feeling and getting the ratio right. When I did the blue Tonka truck, that was the first time I ever used the airbrush. Mm-hmm. And you get the feel for the ratio very quickly. I mean, worst right. case, open open it up a little more, push a little further back on the action. It's really nice. It's dual action. So you push down and move it forward and backwards to control airflow. And it's gravity fed and they give you two different tanks. They give you a small tank and a large tank to use with it. I can't even, I can't say enough nice things about it. It works exactly like it's supposed to. And it's quiet, which means I can use it in my jewelry studio when my wife is asleep. So highly recommend it. If you're into air, if you think you might be wanting to try airbrushing, this is a very inexpensive way to get started. I'm going to get it and I'm going to hit you up with a lot of questions. You're using leather dye. And leather dye is very liquidy, so you probably don't even need to thin it. And um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one too. I think, yeah. get, I think too. everyone should get. I honestly, yeah. cannot believe that this is only seventy dollars and it I works know. this it, well. I, it, it's a it, that was the other part of it that was like, oh, that's a, actually a really approachable price for someone that's like interested and not, but not completely committed. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I have a regular airbrush and yeah, I don't I use you. it because yeah. I don't right. want to deal with it. Like it's a pain right, in the ass. Right. It works great. It's a master airbrush. It's not a high end brand. It's not like a Nawada, but it's a good airbrush. It, mm-hmm. It's a brand. Mm-hmm. I just don't use it because mm-hmm. it's too much of a hassle, you know, dealing with the compressor and the plugging it in and running the hose. And it's like, I don't want to yeah. deal with that. This right. is, it's really good. Really, cool. really awesome. Good. That's a great, that's a great thing of the week, man. Yeah. I got to give Jeremy credit, man. Cause this might change everything for me. I, I did some masking on that star that I put in my Instagram stories and because it's an airbrush, you know, it, you rarely get bleed with anything you spray, awesome. right? You know, if you spray it correctly, you won't get bleed and masking works amazingly well with so an you airbrush. Have a cricket that would cut shapes. 
you can mask anything at all. That's true. Right. You you can really get crazy. I did. I'm one of the things I did in my past life was an airbrushed artist. I mean, I I did hundreds of motorcycles and cars and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I have concerns that it might not be good for you then. (laughs) No, I I would try it because for doing things like these drawings and stuff, Mm -hmm. I do, I don't use the airbrush to uh, a lot of times I'm like, I could airbrush this. I'm like, I don't want to take it out in the garage. I'm going to put it in the compressor. That's the thing, right? You can't like use an airbrush in your house. It's, it's, I mean, you can, but you know, but you want to use it in there place. just to, I, I, and I'll t- give everyone a, a point or two from someone's airbrush for 25 years. If when you get started, don't add water to, or don't, don't add thinner to the paint, add paint to the thinner. Yes. And then you, you will get so much more. So you, you'll have it too thin first, too thin first. And you'll get it a little bit thicker until it's covers good. That's a much better way. Otherwise you're going to put it first. You're going to do it. And it's not going to be thin enough. And you're going to clog the airbrush and have a horrible night. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Once you clog, by the way, it's almost easier to just throw away the airbrush and get another one once you clog it. Like I'm not, and I'm not exaggerating. That yeah, is the yeah, truth. It's true. It's true. That's true. <laughs> I haven't soaked it. I've had, yeah, I've had to soak them plenty of times. But absolutely, it, it's it's funny how it's funny how I went to that I went to that event and I never thought like oh you know I never thought I'd come away going I need that airbrush like of all the things right, that I thought right. I would see it's like oh I was so excited and when I got home I literally ordered it that night and I. Was, oh, it's just fantastic. It's well, a fin- the second you posted your Instagram post, I think I might have been one of the first comments. I was like, I need to know more about this because I want. <laughs> I, was, I was so I was so intrigued because yeah, that looks airbrushing awesome, so. airbrushing is one of those things that seems like wizardry until you do yeah. it a little bit. Oh, and totally. It's just I, like, that's that's exactly how I feel about it, Vincent. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's so much fun. It's uh, and I'll tell you one thing. It is, and Ken, you could probably you'll probably agree. It's so much more satisfying than like rattle can painting. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Like, and the fact that you can you can take acrylics and blend make your own colors like you don't have to buy 55 different cans of paint and i'm getting to the point now where i'm just going to stop buying paint and just keep a large supply of a, at least acrylics if not enamels and acrylics just so i can make my own paints going forward because i'm with this i will i will airbrush more i will absolutely airbrush more now that That's i have awesome. this other guy cool so, i like it we also would like to take a moment to thank the people that make this show financially possible. Well, make this show financially possible? I'll go with that. Um, yeah. Including Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLL Woodworks, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, uh, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from imakejake.com, Big Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, who saved my ass this weekend. Thank you, Al. You know what you did. Um, <laughs> Justin Ofler from Bear Maked, and of course, Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks. You guys are the best, and we really appreciate it. If you can't support the show financially, that's cool too. Share the show, uh, leave a review. Whatever you can to spread the word, get some more people listening to the show. We always appreciate that just as much as we appreciate the financial stuff. It's not just money that keeps this going. It's your continued support and love. Okay. I think that's going to do it for this week, Ken. It has been an absolute pleasure talking yeah, to you, my friend. Yeah, it's been friend. super fun, Ken. Yeah, this has been a blast. It's been Hopefully, uh, if we do this ever again, we can find something to talk about. I know. Oh, so much dead air it's so funny i think like, it's just you know i think every conversation we've ever had true. on the like, phone it, has it, been 40 minutes or longer like minimum oh, i <laughs> believe it i believe it and Dude. but yeah isn't it funny ken though like it, it never like i always i'm always amazed that we 
talk for this long and we're like and there's never a dead moment in the entire conversation yeah. right yeah. right and i still uh, feel like um, oh oh yeah i should have so many things that. we could still <laughs> talk about right? well, i love i love yeah. when we have a guest on and we say we, well we got to talk about that the next time you come on because there are actually legitimately <laughs> things that we want to talk about yeah. the next time so we have yeah. to get somebody back on again um it's just absolutely fantastic to talk to you and i'm so glad I'm so glad that I got to meet you through Jason and um, just it's cool that we become friends over the last couple absolutely. of years. And I'm so absolutely. glad I got to meet you through Vincent. <laughs> See? Yeah. Wow. And I'm, hey. I'm glad that you're going to be able to, you're, uh, we, we talked a little bit before about taking some pictures oh, for, I, a, I'm for do a piece this. of I, art that I'm going to do. Yeah. And I'm so excited to do that for everyone that's, um, Ethan lives in the town like right next to where I grew up. And um, there's some landmarks and things over there that um, he's going to take some pictures for me so I can do some artwork and do some painting of. So I, really cool. I can't that. wait to see what you, uh, you see your artwork for it. And, and it, it goes without saying, if there's anything else that you ever want me to take pictures of in this area, just let me know. So, Oh, cool. Thanks so much. Yeah. Of course, I love that. of course. I would love um, that. We will have all of Ken's links in the show notes. So you'll know where to find him. And um, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you everybody for listening as always. And um, have a great week. We will be back again next week. We have guests coming for the next couple of weeks. So tune in and see who we have next week. Cause I'm not telling you some, <laughs> have a great week, everybody. <laughs>